Show the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. How the heck are you? Happy Monday, um, April 17th. 2023, a pleasure to be with you as always, presented by the Advocates, theadvocates.com, the very best injury attorneys in the business, without a doubt, theadvocates.com, where you never pay until the Advocates win your case. Go um, chat with an attorney live online right now for free, 24-7-365, theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Program. We got a big show today for you, as always. Somebody has a fourth date lined up. We'll see if he's actually consummated the relationship. (laughs) I doubt it. Um, (laughs) Hi, (laughs) Jim. How are you? Uh, And a question I want to kind of run through the entire show today. Here we go. Is golf the most difficult sport to pick up? As an amateur... Yeah, I like how it's amateur, not amateur. Amateur, amateur. Yeah. As an amateur, come on. Is golf the most difficult sport to pick up? We'll talk about that today. Lots of NBA uh, to talk about today. A ton of NBA. Beam team. What did I tell you about your Golden State Warriors and my Sacramento yeah. Kings? Yeah. My. Whatever. My. Yeah, I know. Sacramento you're, you're Kings. on the team. I know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, as Lopes Fan Gabe uh, says today. Uh, get with it and hit the like button. We appreciate every one of you being here. Thanks so much for always supporting the show. Uh, I think it's important we start the show out saying that. I know that we do a lot of stuff on this channel. Um, It is very humbling to announce to you uh, that we are, oh, what is it, Jake? 95 away, I think. We are, uh, yeah, oh, excuse me, 94 away from 16,000. 94 subs away from 16,000. Appreciate that. Truck Stop Gumby wants everybody to know he's the second one in. And to that, I say, hey, bro, I I, I hope you're feeling your oats, man. I hope you are. Um, And we we always start this show as the Pac-12 turns. And it seems like exactly right. It seems like that is the the, uh, daily bar. By the way, I have a new chair that's really <laughs> pissing me off. <laughs> I'm glad you think that's funny. Well, hello there. Uh, as the Pac-12 turns today, a very interesting day uh, for the Pac-12, and that is that we got news over the weekend that the NBA and ESPN are likely to renew their agreement for NBA television rights. You know now that ESPN and ABC and the ESPN family of networks Uh, broadcast NBA games on various days of the week. Um, You know, obviously they have all the NBA playoffs. They're a big, big money spender on the NBA, ESPN and ABC is, and their core partners. We know that the NBA is looking for five to eight billion dollars for their TV rights total. That does not mean that ESPN is going to pay five to eight billion dollars every year to the NBA. That's what the NBA is looking for in totality from all of its partners. But that likely means that ESPN's on the hook for four to $5 billion per season 
with the NBA, which explains, quite frankly, why ESPN has been so reticent to spend big dollars on a Pac-12 TV deal, (coughs) uh, really of any scope. And as we've reported exclusively on this show, our sources at ESPN and in the television, um, you know, circles sphere, if you will, the TV industry have told us that ESPN's number that they'd like not to exceed is 90 million per season with the Pac-12 for football and basketball. Man, Jake, it seems like if those truly are the numbers, that's an awfully difficult deal for the Pac-12 to absorb. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the there's no question the NBA is more valuable than the Pac-12, like as far as demand and, you know, the amount of people that want to buy it and the competitiveness around uh, acquiring the tier one rights, if you will, to NBA basketball. And I think ESPN understands that, um, you know, that they are are the home of NBA basketball. And, and, and obviously they want to keep that. And I think, you know, the the trouble is, is, is that the Pac-12 just, again, is not, you know, desired. They're not sought after. They're not this, you know, product that everyone's hot to trot to go and get. And so when we saw this number of $8 billion per year, in in totality from all sides of the deal for the nba yeah it does kind of make sense why espn is is very hesitant and i and i and i don't know that hesitance even the word i i I would say it explains why espn is just frankly unwilling to to bring more money because they're saying hey our money in the future is tied up in the nba deal and we're not going to compromise that on every level and we know you don't have anywhere else to go so take it or leave it at nine million dollars a year and it is what it is i mean that's that like we've been telling you guys that for i mean how long now and so now you're getting more information and more clarity that basically just says, hey, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that ESPN isn't all in and, and isn't willing to go over a certain number. And that's because they covet other products. And and to that, I say, yes, look at places like YouTube TV. I'd even say that Amazon might even be a dark horse for NBA content because I know that they're looking to expand into other live sporting events outside of the NFL. So that's why I say it's not really a surprise that the Pac-12 doesn't have all these suitors. They basically have people who are like, yeah, you know, we know you need a TV deal. Uh, We've got a dollar, even though you want $5. So take it or leave it. And they're just going to sweat the Pac-12 out. And then the Pac-12 is going to decide how long is too long to let this thing run out. But why would you do anything else if you were ESPN? And that's that's the thing that I really struggle with because as, as we've talked about this deal repeatedly, I continue to come back to this question of if you're ESPN, why would you do this? You know, I'm I'm on the treadmill this morning doing my cardio, thinking to myself, ESPN has very little reason to invest heavy in the Pac-12. And again, I know I've said this a thousand times on this show, but I think there's more money to be made for ESPN if the Pac-12 goes away. And I have not found one person, and I have asked, a ton of people about this that I know in TV at ESPN and college sports, like, Hey, do you believe that ESPN is invested in the future in the success of the PAC 12? And not one person has said yes, not one, because I think it's just simply bad business for ESPN to go all in on the PAC 12. Yeah. And I think it's bad business for most most companies right now to go all in on the Pac-12 because again, if you if you like if we take if we take ESPN we set them to the side for one second. 
from a business standpoint, what I don't care who it is, CBS, Fox, like the CW, you know, Ion, like all these people, Apple TV, all these people, Amazon, all these people look at the same thing, yeah. which is why this deal is not done yet, which is like I just said, hey, the Pac-12, you know, George Klafcock's going around asking for $400 million or a deal that's, you know, that's going to fall somewhere between 380 and $400 million, and no one is Man. willing to pay them more than 150 And And that's why I say it just, it doesn't add up. It would be one thing if, you know, the Pac-12 was, you know, worth all this money and you had all this viewership and Oregon was a national champion and they didn't get their ass beat by Georgia and Utah actually decided to win a Rose Bowl game and UCLA was anything other than uh, a disappointment. Utah and like, decided to... Like, dude, like, at some point you have, have to Have to twist win. the screws yeah, on dude, Ute fans, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, I have to because at some point this stuff adds up. We don't have to talk about Georgia not winning games. We don't have to talk about Alabama losing games that they should win. Yeah. Even though they didn't win a national championship this year, they were in the conversation the whole time. All those brands wanted to be a part of their program. Like you, you look at these other conferences and it's like, Hey, yeah, they are relevant. Like I know the ACC has been trash for how long. And while Trevor Lawrence was there, Clemson was good. Now Trevor Lawrence isn't there. Clemson's not good. Like you see the ebb and flow. The problem is, is there's no ebb for the Pac-12. There's only flow. And yeah, now totally you're in a bad position, dude. Yeah, I, I think it is. We're just in this situation where the Pac-12's on the clock. And again, I think the other thing that's really interesting is this narrative about what happened in Colorado today. <laughs> and everybody is convinced that Colorado... Because so many of these hacks on Twitter are like, oh, there's a vote going down on Monday. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. It's impossible for there have to been a vote today because you're in an executive session, which means it's not in public. To make a move of that capacity, really to do any final business, they have to take that vote in public. It's not something they can do behind closed doors. So if you have any idea how the process works, you would understand that in an executive session, Colorado's not doing anything. There is so nothing. No frame of reference here, there Donnie. is nothing of significance that could legally happen at Colorado today. Those are conversations that have to take place, you know, in the light of day. Yeah. And at Colorado today, they're behind closed doors. So if you believe that they're going to come out and say, "Yeah, hey, we're going on the Big 12, that's <laughs> not going to happen today. <clears throat> and again, I think. Colorado's the the brand new sports car. Right. Colorado's the Corvette, and everybody wants to take it for a spin, and Dion's running around with the damn Buffalo and Boulder, and hey, that's all cool. That's all cool. But Colorado isn't going to the, the, the Big 12 this week or this month, in my opinion. I don't think, based on what I've heard, I don't think we are going to get anybody leaving the Pac-12, mainly... And again, I, I'll just say it as many times as it takes. There's not a school in the Pac-12 that wants to leave. No, I guess there, not. There is not. And, I, and uh, people question me on this all the time. There's not an institution. Pick any of the 10 remaining ones you want. The Arizona schools, the Oregons, the Washington schools, you know, the Bay Area schools, Utah, Colorado. Like none of them are eager to leave the conference. Not one of them. Does that mean they never will? No, absolutely not. But don't get this twisted. Just because people are saying, well, Colorado's going to take a vote to leave on Monday. They're not. And they don't want to leave. I think if everybody had their druthers, 
Nobody would leave the Pac-12 and they'd stay together and we'd all go on about our business. But that's not realistic. The realistic truth is everybody, these 10 members of the Pac-12 are going to sit and wait and get a TV deal. And they're going to address those numbers and then they're going to make decisions about their future in athletics. Let's settle this right now. That's the bottom line. So anybody telling you, oh, today was the day. We're going to take a vote. We're leaving. No, you're not. No, they're not. Are they talking about it? Sure. I'm sure they are. I am sure that behind closed doors, there are serious conversations amongst the leadership in Boulder about what the future of Colorado athletics are because it is a significant revenue stream. And I would also point out, Colorado has not been as relevant as they are today because of Deion Sanders. They haven't been this relevant in, I don't know, Cordell Stewart? In a Cordell Stewart millennium? I I have no idea. I can't remember the last time they were truly relevant, right? Even Philip Lindsay's time there. They were not relevant. They were not relevant. You have to go back decades to find a time when Colorado was this much in the lexicon of Pac-12 fans even. Facts. I am certain that Colorado can write its own ticket. They're not doing that until, I would have to think, middle of May. I think at the earliest, because what is today, the 17th of April, I don't think we're getting anything until until the middle of May, because I just don't think that right now there's anybody willing to cut a check for the Pac-12. There's, it, It's not like ESPN is, is like, okay, well, let's do this today, little buddy. That That's just not what this is. And, and I don't know how many more times I can say, like, you've got to find a way to just be patient. You just got to, you, you've got to let the process play out. And I think once that happens, I think rational decisions are going to be made. But I don't see anything happening in the near term. It's not days or weeks. I think it is at least a month. Yeah. At least a month. Unless something significantly changes. Unless a streamer comes through either Amazon or Apple or whoever you want to point to and says, hey, you know what? We've got, you know, $150 million for you, stream only, and you can, because I think if that were to happen, the deal would have to be structured like, hey, we've got $150 million a year for you, George. You know, let me just, let me, let me, let me give you this $150 million a year. And you know what? You tell ESPN that we're happy to work with them and they can even stream games on the app and on ESPN+. Plus. And right now that deal doesn't exist. Yeah. Because from what I understand, there has not been a stream partner that is willing to share stream. Most of most of the rumors that I have heard from sources close to the situation are that the stream partners that the Pac-12 is talking to, for instance, we've been told consistently, hey, Amazon is interested in a game a week. That's it. And that's nowhere near $150 million. No, nowhere near it. Okay, well, Apple TV, who I think I agree, and I think it was Andrew Marshan to give proper credit. I think it was Marshan and Arend on their podcast who made the point that Apple TV is likely the only one that's got the deep pockets to go in on a massive deal. I think they're the only ones. But if you're if you're looking at the track record at Apple TV, I mean, have they let anybody else stream MLS games? Um, Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I, I mean, you can find a game or two in other places, but who's got the bulk of that deal? Apple TV. Yeah. I don't see Apple TV going into bed with the 
with the Pac-12 and saying, oh, yeah, go ahead. Let other people stream it, too, man. We don't need to be exclusive. We don't want you know. people to watch our platform. Nah. We don't. You know, anyway, um, before we get to your comments on the show, Bucked Up, the official energy drink of the Monty Show. And I got to tell you, I got the Pixie Pump right here. And a lot of people were asking me how to use it. Get online. This is all it is. You remember these when you were a kid, they were full of sugar. These ones are full of power, baby. And I love that they're non-stim and all you do. Tap the end. Little powder comes out. You get a nice little bump. Bump. Okay. I love it. And the thing that I really like about it is it's non-stimulant. It tastes good and it gives you a lift. Yeah. Like I am noticeably, yeah. Like I grounded, grinded all morning. We were dealing with some jerk that was just really not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So we were grinding this morning. Where's the Italian? You know, and so I was a little run down after lunch today. Said, Jake, throw me a pixie pump, man. Let's go get it done. This is the watermelon flavor. It's available right now at buckedup.com. How about that? Seriously, make sure you use the promo code MONTY uh, to get yourself 20% off at checkout at buckedup.com. I love it. I absolutely love it. And by the way, you can get three free samples in the link below. There's a description that says free bucked up samples. Go and get it right now. If this is your first time on the show, if you have not been, you know, exposed to Bucked Up Energy, oh, you should get it. Coast to coast, nationwide, buckedup.com, promo code Monty to save 20% off. But in the description below, three free samples and a free shaker. You can mix and match the colors you want. Mix and match the samples you want at buckedup.com. The official energy drink of the Monty Show and proudly so. Jacob DeLambo says Mario to the moon. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I mean, that's fine. You know. Um, yeah, J.K. Marshall says a non-stimulant that gives you a lift, dude. I'm telling you. It is real. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <coughs> Don't. <coughs> <laughs> <coughs> Don't inhale. Hey, don't breathe in the, uh, the you know powder. What? Saturday, I used it as a pre-workout. Yeah. Man, that was good. It's nice in the morning. I, I, I will admit. I mean, you, you, you go from having like, you know, on other, on other product that's stronger. Um, you know, you get the tingly face, tingly scalp. Like you tingle. You all know the pre workout tingle. Yep. Uh, and I don't even mind it that much. But this, this thing right here, the Pixie Pump. You just the best way I could describe it is you just kind of feel more clear. It's not like a noticeable get super hot or get all tingly. Like that doesn't do uh-uh. that to you. You just kind of you just kind of wake up a little bit and you feel a little sharper. I love it. Yeah. You put it under your tongue. That's how I generally do it. Cuz I just tear off the one end and you just pour it under your tongue. There you go. Hmm. Let the watermelon flow. <coughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Here's a question, though. Yeah. Yeah. When's the last time you drank Kool-Aid? Oh, man. I was at the store when I was getting the butt rooter last week. <laughs> I seriously considered Capri Sun. Oh. Do you remember Capri Sun? Oh, yeah, dude. Capri Sun was one of my favorites. I mean, as a kid, I, I, I have one of my most famous stories as a kid is about Kool-Aid, actually. When I was a kid, a youngster, 
like seven years old or whatever. I was a kid kid. I mistook sugar for salt and I dumped a bunch <laughs> of salt in the Kool-Aid and I was like, yeah, I got fruit punch Kool-Aid for days, baby. Oh my and God. And then I drank that Kool-Aid and died. It was terrible. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, let's see. Matt Hartley or Truck Stop Gumby says cold. Okay. Uh, Jake Nelson says they both left the Texas recruiting market. Jake, I don't know what you mean. Uh, let's see. Uh, BU at 12 with Patrick. Patrick Bourne changes his name like Regularly. daily yeah. on the show. Apple TV and Amazon apparently don't want a whole lot of games. Anywho, right? Well, I think Amazon, and I'll, I know I've said this a thousand times. I think Amazon is the exact right partner for the Pac-12. Dude, just go in. What are we waiting for? Go all in. It's it, it is it, it's technology. Like I look at this Netflix thing over the weekend. Did you guys hear about this? And, and I'm serious. This is a this is and people are going to sing on. Oh, this is not sports, dude. No, this is very much sports. So Netflix apparently have a has a show called Love Is Blind. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. You have seen it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've never seen it. Yeah. Right. But apparently, it's a dating show. Yeah, basically the show is two people, they sit in, in what are called pods. They're these sort of dome structures. They can't see each other, but they can talk. And basically the show is all about how people... So you can't see each you other, but you see can each talk. Other, right, but you can talk uh, at length. And so <laughs> the whole concept is, right, the show is called Love is Blind. So you're basically trying to build a connection that does not include physical appearance. And so then you get to decide when you can leave the pod and this whole deal, right? And so the whole the whole premise of this Netflix situation over the weekend was that they were going to live stream a reunion for Love is Blind. You know, you Which, know by the way, this. they believe they had over a billion people globally watching. Right. So, you know when shows do this, right? Where, mm -hmm. where oh, we're going to bring back Buddy from season two and Homegirl from season six and everything's going to be amazing. It's all the vibes, like whatever. The problem is, is that they couldn't get the stream up and running for like 90 minutes, dude. And people were pissed. But as it turns out, it was up briefly and then the whole thing crashed and burned. But... What did this tell us? Netflix shouldn't be doing live streaming unless they know what the hell they're doing. But I look at somebody <coughs> like Amazon, who is the, I mean, without question, I don't think, the industry leader in cloud hosting and sourcing. Like I look at Amazon, that they didn't have any of those issues with the NFL. Right. Now, was it 6 billion people trying to watch an NFL game? Maybe not. But if you're, if you're Netflix, did you not know that this was a possibility? Yeah. But it brings up the negative connotations about streaming and the technology and the end user issues that we've heard so much about, which I think, to be honest with you, are complete cr trash. Yeah. I've never had any issues with streaming live sports. Well, and I, I'm a guy that, yeah. that uses Apple TV mm. or, excuse me, uh, YouTube TV and at the MLB package streamed on my TV. Yeah. And I've never had problems with it. Now, again, I don't use Apple TV. We do, we use Netflix sparingly, but I use Amazon Prime Video almost every day, and I've never had any problem with it. Yeah, I use the ESPN app on my phone every day. Never had problems. Oh, we with watched it. The, almost all the Masters on ESPN Plus. I mean, didn't have any yeah, issues. Exactly right. Yeah, we I watched the NBA playoffs on my phone the other night. Like it, it's 
this is not rocket science, but yeah. this thing with Netflix brings back the negative connotations to people in the Pac-12 who are already anti-streaming. Yeah, but let me ask you this. I mean, if is would there be any doubt that Amazon could handle six billion people watching a game? I don't know. I I I, I wouldn't have any doubt. Like if you said, to me, I would hey, not have oh, a doubt. Amazon had six billion people watching a game. Oh yeah, well, that's Amazon. But think wouldn't about what sport would do that. The only sport I can think of that would do that is is soccer. Yeah, the World if Cup. If you had the World Cup, exactly. Yeah. If you had the World Cup, or maybe if you had, you know, the the the, the Euros, Olympics. If those were a hundo p on stream, yeah, okay, I couldn't, I, I could maybe see that happening, but I don't believe a, I don't believe that Netflix is all of a sudden some trash company. Their stock plummeted ten dollars on open this morning because it's garbage. Fully ten dollars over this disaster over the weekend. Yeah, I don't believe that Netflix is a terrible company. They clearly should not be live streaming at this moment uh -huh. because they couldn't handle it. Right? I go to Netflix to watch something that's already posted and then I can just download it and watch it on my smart TV, right? Like that's what I'm, that's what I, I'm used to. Yeah. I doubt anybody that watches this Love is Blind show mm -hmm. was like, oh yeah, I can't wait to watch it live on Netflix. You never even thought about it because TV's become this afterthought. All this thing that Netflix did, in my opinion, is make it more difficult for the Pac-12 to get a streaming deal. Honest to God, and I know you probably think I'm crazy for saying that, I think that's all this did was to make the life of people in the Pac-12 who are all in on streaming. I think this made their their path to that way more difficult. Well, way more I, difficult. And I think that that what people grossly underestimate, uh, not to get all nerded out on internet here, but but like you got to have proper infrastructure to live stream. And I think that, I and, I, and I think people get freaked out about like, well, what do you mean proper infrastructure? Like like Directv is a dish and a satellite, and we're good to go. Right. And, and, and it's like, well, actually, there's a little more there. And I think streaming to me is one of the more simpler ways to go about distributing a product. I mean, literally, all you need at the commercial level, at a Netflix level, you literally just need fiber optic cable, Internet cable, and you need a, a, a software that can blast it out to the world. That's literally what you need. I think. And again, this is just my opinion. I think this was a hardware issue. Yeah. And I think that this is why people at Amazon, you don't question them. Because how many, if you look at the the its existence, like AWS, Amazon, Amazon Web Services, the number one cloud company in the world, has had an outage or two in their, in their history, right? Because it just works. You don't think about it. Now, yes, every yes, time yes. there's a live stream on Netflix, they're gonna be like, oh my God, are we gonna um, make it? Well, I hope they make it. Uh, Zesty's Retros and Games says, interested hearing both of your predictions for the Pac-12. Well, I think we've done this 10,000 times. Yeah. My prediction for the Pac-12 is, is that they are going to get a, a small TV deal. I think he brings in a deal that's between 20 and $25 million. Um, if I were a betting man, I'd put that number at 22. I think ESPN is your linear TV partner. And I think you're going to lose. A, I think you're going to lose probably three to four schools because of that. And I think that when that's announced, I think that's when you're going to hear that Gonzaga's going to the Big Twelve because, as we've reported exclusively on this show, they have a verbal invitation Gonzaga to join the Big Twelve. From what we've been told, uh, I think that's when you will see that happen because it just doesn't behoove anybody to make a move until you absolutely need to. Mm -hmm. It 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 just does not. 
So I think we've made that that pretty clear. Uh, DeLambo says MLB looks so good on YouTube. Again, YouTube, Google. What is Google? Google's a tech company. Yeah. And YouTube TV looks... I love YouTube TV. Yeah. I do. The interesting part about that is you don't get MLB on YouTube unless it's on ESPN now because MLB itself was not able to reach an agreement with Google. But I have to say... Uh, unlike the NBA, the MLB app is outstanding. I uh, love it. It works great. It works perfectly. Never have any issues. I can 25 tell you, bucks a month. Dude, I can tell you right now, I've watched it on my phone almost on a daily basis. Uh, when we're here at the studio, we watch it on TV daily. Like, it works perfectly. And, yeah. and so that's why I say, like, the Netflix issue isn't a streaming problem. It's a Netflix problem. And I think what they probably tried to do is they probably tried to slap something together to make it an exclusive streaming event that they were not prepared. And that's what I think happened. But I don't disagree. I think it gives folks in the Pac-12's position a skewed or flawed outlook on the capabilities of streaming because they don't, they're selfish. They're going to choose to believe what they want to believe, not what the facts say, which is that streaming isn't the problem. You have all these companies that stream regularly, all the time, daily basis, 24-7, yet you think streaming is not viable. That's what I have a problem with. Yep, San Diego State. Glenn, how the heck are you? He says, Amazon was one of the first companies selling cloud space to major companies back in the 90s. They're built for this and have been for almost a generation. I, I concur yeah. 100%. Yeah. DeLambo says, Amazon will cut anything to save a dollar. I wouldn't trust them. Well, but I think every company is like that. Like what company, what tech company, because I think tech was a hiring boom during the pandemic. What tech company hasn't cut? Yeah. Find me one because they've all cut. It, 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 absolutely, they all cut. Mike M says, I haven't had cable since the first Roku. Wow. Most millennials and younger aren't big on cable. I don't know if I'm willing to paint with a broad brush. I think... Man, that's interesting. I think our kids, I think if you're 25 or younger, you're on your phone. You're on a tablet. You're on a MacBook. That's your life. I don't think you grew up like I grew up watching TV at night. Mm -hmm. That's what we used to do. We would eat dinner on the couch. Every Sunday we had dinner at the dinner table, but generally we had dinner on the couch and we'd watch TV. Like that's what we did. Yeah. So I, but that you're talking about the seventies and eighties growing up, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just different. And I think that it is, I think generationally speaking, there is absolutely some impact there. Absolutely. Uh, Boren says Monty, Oregon, Washington, Arizona have never been all in on streaming. I wouldn't say that about Arizona. I think Arizona doesn't see the financial viability of all streaming. And frankly, I don't know that anybody does. But what I think you have in the Pac-12 is you have an old guard and a new guard. And I think you look at, I mean, President Kose at Washington, in my opinion, carries the most water in that town. And she is not all in on streaming in any way, shape, or form. And I think if they were able to get the money they needed in stream from ESPN, I think they'd be all in on streaming. Uh But that's not currently their situation. And I think when you look at, you know, when you look at where they are with ESPN, I think they're in a really difficult spot. And frankly, I just don't think, I don't know how the Pac-12 survives. Let me put it that way. Uh-huh. 
I don't know in a decade how the Pac-12 is still in business. <clears throat> because you're you're not going... If you're the Pac-12, you're not going to take a step back to take some big step forward financially. You're just not. Yeah. And I think the, the other issue is you're going to get more NBA content on ESPN and ABC, which means there's going to be less content for the Pac-12. Because we know the NFL, the NBA, the SEC, Big 12, Big 12 basketball, that's all locked in on ESPN. Right. Major League Baseball locked in on ESPN. The NHL, and this is something nobody talks about, the NHL is back on ESPN. You look at the College World Series, you look at women's sports, you look at the WNBA, you look at, they have a dearth of programming. They don't need a ton of programming. They have, the other thing I think people forget is they also have an entire original content department. Like they, they don't have a need for like all of this, oh, I mean, the Pac-12 is amazing. Like, yeah, I got to have it. Conference of Champions. Like they, they, it just doesn't exist. Yeah, it does not exist. So it's not like if you can just muddle through the next three years. Listen, we're in in a strange time. That all of a sudden the Pac-12 is going to have a windfall and a payday, because I, I just don't see that's where the trajectory of this conference is going to go. Because you're looking at the Big Twelve, and, and I know that all the Pac-12 people say, "Well, you're just a Big Twelve homer truck stop conference." Okay, cool. Truck stop conference. Well, in, in every conference. in every truck stop, we're gonna be able to watch Big Twelve football on ESPN, <laughs> right? But I look at the Big Twelve and I think, yeah, Brett Yormark is just gonna keep building. Mm -hmm. He's gonna keep bringing in new revenue streams. Mm -hmm. He's gonna keep bringing in the young, the hip, the now, the trend culture into this conference. The Rucker Parks, the Shack being a DJ in Kansas City. He's gonna bring in hip-hop, R&B, rap musicians. He's going to bring in entertainment to make it a Mecca-type event, right? You you look at, like I look at Chris Brickley over the weekend. Chris Brickley, the great skills coach in the NBA, brought in, I think, the top 20 high school prospects and did a showcase tournament for them and filled that place up. And it was the basketball event of the, of the week. And that's what the Big 12's doing. They have this brand now. You have guys that want to be around. You have guys that want to play in the conference. What's the it, it factor for the for the Pac-12? There's no it factor. Yeah. There there just isn't. <clears throat> is 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 Washington football the it factor? Is nah. Right? But if I go to the Big 12, I mean, you look at the success recently of Baylor Athletics. Baylor's won in football and basketball. And we're not even talking about baseball. They've won in football and basketball, right? You look at Kansas. You look at K-State recently. You look at TCU recently. You look at, you look at BYU. You look at Cincinnati. Like, those teams have all been successful recently. Like, you have multiple small brands now in the Big 12 starting this coming football season who have been in the college football playoff. Yeah. Can't say the same thing about the Pac-12. Like, you're just in a position where I don't know how it gets better. Yeah. How does it get better for the Pac-12? Wish this was you. I don't know. I, how does it get better? There is no getting better. There isn't.
Like <laughs> there isn't. Like I, don't I, know. I mean, like, and I don't even mean to be short, but I think the road stops right there. There is no getting better. I mean, I, again, unless unless we get a total change in direction, which does not seem to be coming based on their behavior, yeah. and that change of direction would be. Uh, like you just said, hey, going in all in on streaming and really being this, really branding it as, hey, we're revolutionizing the sports game. We're going all in on streaming. Yeah, dude. We're going to be the ones. We're doing it. We're paving the yellow brick road. Like, follow us. We're doing this thing. If you were to do that, I think then you would have some opportunities. Then you could get into, you know, you could you could go and, uh, for example, you could go and attract the the crypto folks in the bay area you could go and attract like some of these younger more aggressive minds that are after an opportunity like that and then that's how you're making more money but they won't do that and i don't know how you fix it and if you have ideas please get on board help me understand please how do you fix it because i don't know how you fix it yeah. i i have yet to find uh, and I try to hang around with people who are way smarter than me, with the exception of this guy. <coughs> I try to hang around with smart people and talk to smart people. And I don't know anybody who knows how to fix the Pac-12's predicament right now. Because you're in a... By the way, the economy is in the wrong place for you to be trying to get a big money deal. Yeah. You're in the wrong place. And I, I also, by the way, because we keep comparing the Big 12 and the Pac-12, it's not like the Big 12... <clears throat> it's not like the Big 12 went way over the top and got some massive TV deal. Right? They didn't. But they got one. They got a significant TV deal that brought them stability. And now, Brett, your mark is built on top of that. Yep. And you're starting to see success. Which is the other conversation, a, I think. You're looking at a conference where, well, you know, we didn't get $50 million a year on average, but we're going to make $50 million a year. And then we're doing a Rucker Park deal and a Kansas City deal. And we're doing, you know, Football and basketball rivalry relationships and like there's 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 something to be said for that. The problem is if you're the Pac-12 now and you you would be jumping up up and down for joy right now, right? If the Pac-12 announced today that they got thirty million dollars, you'd be like, hot damn. Maybe Georgie Poo would make another appearance for once. But let's say you get twenty million dollars. Do you have 10 presidents who are willing to stick it out at $20 million? And you can say, but we're going to build revenue streams to $50 million. Can you, can George Klyovkok sell that to the, the executive committee? Man, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, that's rough. That's I don't rough, think bro. so. Because you don't have, I, I, again, not to be redundant, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling, not to be redundant, but you don't have basketball in the Pac-12. Yeah, and George isn't some effective operator. I mean, that's but, been seen. But look at what Klyovkok has said about basketball. And look at what he said about this, you know, the idea of making basketball a revenue stream. Yeah. And I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. You have a situation where you are absolutely going to use that money to, to step your game up financially. So this $30 million deal, as good as it looks now, right? As good as it looks now. Boy, you had, you had other revenue streams through basketball. All of a sudden, it looks better. You had other revenue streams through baseball and softball, and all of a sudden, it looks better. You, you had other revenue streams, and all of a sudden, you're, you're not that far behind a 60 to $75 million a year. 
total net revenue. And that doesn't even count shares from, from the basketball tournament or the college football playoff or I'm just telling you, man, like it is, it's, it, you listen to Brett Yormark talk about basketball being a revenue stream. And I, I don't know how you don't, how you don't get excited about it. Like it is, it's one of those things where you begin to understand that just as you said, mm-hmm. Brett Yormark is absolutely an operator. We'll explore opportunities to further monetize basketball when we go back into the market after this new TV deal. So I think everything we do from now till then is all about value creation and how can we position ourselves to monetize basketball in all the right ways. I'm convinced we can do that. Um, The strength of our conference obviously will dictate much of that. And as I said earlier, with Houston coming in, we get that much stronger. And who knows where expansion takes us and what that means for our, you know, our, our basketball program, both men's and women's. So. That's pretty remarkable. Straight up calls out Houston as a, as a power basketball brand that's joining the conference. That's pretty damn good, dude. Yeah. Like that is, that's, is, that's about as good as it gets. All right, let's get a couple more of your comments in here. Um, Spangler, what's up? Good to see you. Big 12 is up. Pac-12, not so much. Yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know how you see that any other way. Uh, Jason, what's up with you? How do you be a Pacific Coast Conference without Los Angeles? You don't. You don't. Uh, I, I just, I, I just think you don't. Yeah. Uh, Joey Zay says, my wife was pissed. Love is blind. Didn't work last night and went to bed angry. Dude, Ooh. I'm telling you this show. Sorry for you. Like, it's not a, it's not a great show. Okay. Let me, let me get that out there. Dirty little announcement. It's not a great show. But neither is any of this other reality right. bullshit. Like so Survivor's like, you know not some yeah, great show. Exactly. Like, and I know everyone gets all hammed up about the Amazing Race or like you know all these other reality TV shows. The bottom line is they all have the same pre- premise. They're just trying to get your attention over a gimmick. Love is Blind is no different. Yep. The problem is, is that if you're a huge Love is Blind fan, if you're a huge Pac-12 football fan and you're on a stream and the stream crashes, you're going to be pissed about it because you looked forward to, you know, UCLA and Oregon or, or Utah and Oregon right. playing. You were at your office at 10 o'clock trying to pound as many cups of coffee because you were exhausted, and you're like, all right, cool, I'm just going to power through this TPS report, and we're going to go home, and we're going to, you know, make some food and watch some football, only to have the stream not work. And so you went to bed all pissed off. That's the message that Netflix <laughs> amazing. sent, dude. Like, it's pretty amazing, like, man. It, like, like, it is. like that, And that's the problem. And, and I feel like Netflix, like, obviously dropped the ball, but by dropping the ball, you, you made a bad name for any other company that's like a major streamer out there. And that's, I have a problem with that. Yeah. I, I think it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. I just... Yeah. I, 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 who's the first sport? Like, what is the first true sport event league thing and my guess is it'll be pickleball Mm -hmm. like i think pickleball is one of those those emerging sports that everybody's into i'm not but (laughs) i think it is and we already get some golf but i don't know that that i don't know that that draws the kind of water you're talking about all i'm talking about like the only way to watch the masters is on the espn app like, I don't know, because yeah, it's I don't not, think, yeah. I mean, it, I guess it could be the NHL. I doubt that. Nah. Um, I just don't think that, that. I don't know who that is. I don't think that that 
in major sporting event TV land, I don't think that the people who make these decisions value streaming to that level yet. Where no. where they're like, hey, we know. Like I like in all the people we talk to, right? And all of our sourcing efforts and all the information we get and all the people we talk to, the message has been very clear about where people stand on streaming right now, which is, hey, yes, streaming is definitely part of it. Go listen to the Mountain West Commissioner. Gloria Navarez talk about this. Hey, we know that streaming's definitely part Great of point. the package. Great point. Yeah. But linear is where it's at still. And and that's the difference. Like streaming, I'm telling you, one day you're going to wake up and people are going to say, "Hey, streaming's where it's at. Linear is second tier, but we're not there yes. yet." Hey, uh big thanks to Meat Rocket 304 My who handed guy. out five gifted memberships. Let's go. Matt Hartley, welcome to I think welcome back. Let's go, baby. Kurt Myers. Let's go, baby. Oakley Marquez. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Rectangle. WR the number three. CK Tangle. Yeah. Man, those boys went fast. Those boys got on that. Make sure you guys hit the like button. Thank you, uh, we appreciate you guys always uh, giving out uh, memberships. Yes, Mike M says Meat Rocket. Amen to that. Um, let's see. Uh, hit the like. Hit the like. Show is finally getting some views. Finally getting some views. We're doing like 350,000 uniques a month. Yeah, bro. I don't know we, what you mean about finally getting some views. I appreciate you noticing views. that. I mean, you know. uh, let's see. J.K. Marshall says uh, she went to bed angry. So is that any different than any other night? No, Damn, apparently not. Damn, bro. Apparently not. <laughs> Spangler says, love is blind, fail last night is a harbinger for the Pac-12. Well, I think that's the problem, though, Spangler. You, may, you probably say that jokingly, but I think there's a lot of people who believe that's, that's why you can't go all streaming. And I just think there's no difference between that and television. The technology in streaming is fine. There is no reason to be tripping over it. Yeah. That's just, that's my opinion, but hey. Jose says, only 99 likes. Pony up the like button, you goofs. Yeah, please do. Hit it. Yes, we are at 110. We appreciate that. We always try to get to 200. Uh, Dale Donut says, love is blind. Will it keep my wife uh, planted in the living room for days on end? If so, I'm thinking extra man cave time could be in my future. <laughs> oh. <laughs> do you not like spending time with your wife, Dale Donuts? Damn. Mrs. Monty and I were sitting in the hot tub last night talking about how great it was <laughs> and having time together and, you know, what happens under the water stays under the water and in the filter, too. Uh, wow. What? What? Vorlon. <coughs> TPS reports. Isn't that a Star Wars reference? Yes. TPS is exactly right. right. Truck Stop Gumby says uh, Spaceballs. How did we get here? How did we get here? Uh, Spangler says, yeah, streaming only for major collegiate sports is a non-starter. Mm, I don't know. I, I think we're close that. to yeah. that coming to an end. Coming to an end. Uh, 1984 says Office Space, underrated flick. Yeah, dude. Office Space was amazing. Yeah. Office Space was amazing. Uh, Patrick Bourne says, dare you to break the Monty show with data overload. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, Jacob DeLambo, my small uh, city built two full pickleball courts, yet our pool has a hole in it. Screw pickleball. Dude, pickleball's massive. We really did. I mean, like pickleball, I mean, I, I know PR people. Um, I know, like PR people are all in on it. 
They spend money on it. There are brands that are only pickleball equipment and clothing. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Simon2077. Monty, what's the over or under on Colorado joining the Big 12 this year? Well, they can't join it this year. Um, it would be about a year and two months from now, July 1st, 2024. Yeah. Um, in that time, I think the over-under is probably, what if it, we're going to put a percentage on it? I don't know. 50.5%. Uh, yeah. I'm split. I, I, I don't, I don't, I think... You know, as I've said a thousand times, I think all of these schools are doing their due diligence, mm -hmm. which is exactly what you would hope they would be doing. Yeah. I mean, you if, if you are not out exploring your future, you're you're hoping for death. You are hoping for death. If you are not out looking at what is available to you, because you have to have plans for things. Hey, if this studio burns to the ground tomorrow, what are we going to do? Well, I know exactly what I would do, right? Well, if the Pac-12 burns to the ground on, you know, a month from now when the TV deal comes out, where are we going to go? Does it make you feel responsible? See, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I truly yeah. don't. Yeah. I truly don't. Um, Let's see. Keaton Critchlow. Love is blind to straight trash. My roommate has had it on in the background the last week, and it's not worth anyone's time a day. Thank you, Keaton. Because it's garbage. Thank you. Is there a dating show that is? Like, we don't, we're, uh, my dating genre is home improvement shows. <laughs> So like uh, Property Brothers Forever Dream Home or Dream Forever Home or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Mrs. Monty is into the genealogy shows. They're okay. I mean, they're interesting. They, like Finding Your Roots does like um, celebrity genealogy. Um, that show's kind of cool. Uh, Truck Stop Gumby says five meat rockets. Yeah, that's right, dude. Man, I would smash some dogs that's right now. That's loaded. That's loaded. You know, uh, Connor Johnson, I'll leave it up for longer this time. Discovery sports Turner for linear and HBO max for streaming sports deal to be announced in July. Follow the breadcrumbs. Okay. I mean, you know, HBO max is not a, is not a viable alternative for the, the pac 12. That would be a death yeah. knell. Yeah. That'd be a death knell. Boise state should be called the potato tornado. Yeah. Hey man, you, you know. know, if that's what you need to do. Uh, Tanner Plummer, the super soaker. My favorite part of office space was when they destroyed the printer. Oh, no, the stapler in the fire, dude. Like the, the stapler homie in the fire. He's an assassin. Was absolutely, he, yeah. The printer's fun. But, I mean, the, the, yeah. all the flair. Like. Uh, Kurt Myers, thanks for the membership, people. I mean that sincerely. Uh, sincerely, Kurt, hope you find a gig soon. Thank you. Dale Donuts, I like uh, spending time with her, but I don't like trading sports for her TV dramas. Damn. Oh. Damn. Uh, truck Stop Gumby, why not just play tennis? Because tennis is more difficult and people want something that's attainable. But but again, isn't pickleball easy to pick up? Yeah. It's not yeah. a difficult sport to learn. Yeah. And the question of the day-to-day, -day, like Jake and I are all in on golf. Like I will become, I will become a par golfer by... I don't know. Pick a date. The day yeah. I die. Yeah. Okay. So, because <laughs> that's never going to happen. But I'm really looking forward to getting back on the course this summer. Yeah. Golf is an incredibly difficult sport. In fact, we were talking about it in our vaunted pre-show meeting, and I think it is the most difficult amateur sport to pick up. 
Like you can go fucked. Yeah, you can go pay play pickup basketball. You can go play pickup softball. You can go to the park with your homies right now and play a game of soccer. You cannot just go out to any course and pick up a driver and and hit a ball well. Yeah. You're not going to do it. It's true. You're not. You have to work at it. Uh, Tanner says all dating shows are stupid. Catfish isn't. Catfish is fine. Catfish is enjoyable. Don't you know who I am? I love cat. No, you don't know who they are ever. I love catfish. Uh, outside the echo chamber, you ain't growing. Uh, you're dying. Totally agree. Totally. Greg Romano says love connection was a fun dating show. Uh, with Chuck Woolery. That was a good show. Uh, Matt Hart says the real question will be, does the new big commissioner come in and offer more West Coast schools? And does Fox Sports pay um, put for that payout for that uh, at full rates or half rates for the cycle? We'll see. The, the interesting thing is everybody keeps throwing out the word pro rata like it's just the word that everybody uses. Yeah, pro rata this. I don't know how to make people understand this. Here's how you know the people who don't know what at all they're talking about. And again, please stop giving breath and air to these people on Twitter because it's ridiculous. But you see these people that are tweeting about, oh, yeah, Fox has agreed to the pro rata deal. You don't agree to a pro rata deal. It's negotiated ahead of time into your contract before you sign it. And if the Big Ten goes out and adds teams that opens up their TV deal. And they will they are they have a clause in their TV deal that says, "Hey, we can go and open this up if we add teams." So, naturally, people are like, "Oh yeah, Fox has agreed to the pro rata." Well, first of all, there's no pro rata to agree to, so how did they agree to it? Reinforce this is inaccurate. I mean, it's just a question I'm throwing out there. Yeah. Fox agreed to the pro rata. Well, how did they agree to something that doesn't exist? That's what I'm trying to figure out. A pro rata deal, which ESPN has with the Big 12, Fox does not. A pro rata deal means, and in this case, let's talk about what it means to ESPN and the Big 12. ESPN has a clause in their deal with the Big 12 that says, hey, Big 12, if you add another P5 team school, We'll pay you equal money for that team. So the same money that we're paying per school per year, we'll pay for that team. So the perfect example here is Gonzaga. Because Gonzaga is going to come in as a full sport member. Here's another, here's another way to out the, the, the liars. Yeah. Gonzaga's not joining the Big 12 as a basketball only. That makes almost no sense for the Big 12 or for Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga. Right? What makes sense is, hey, we can add an odd number or whatever. They'll figure it out. But if you're ESPN and the Big 12 adds Gonzaga, what draw is there for you to pay equal money for Gonzaga? Because they don't play football. Gonzaga. So what does Brett Yormark do? From what our sources have told us, Brett Yormark has spoken and regularly speaks with Fox about things like, well, hey, we're talking to Gonzaga. We'd like to add them. Are you willing to pay? Because Fox owns almost 60, I think 60-something percent of the basketball inventory is 66 or 8% of the Big 12 basketball inventory. Hey, Fox, we're adding Gonzaga. Would you pay full freight for them? Yes, yes, yes. And Fox has said they would. Okay, great. That's how we got to, hey, Gonzaga, we'd like you to join. 
right? They have a verbal invitation. Brett Yormark has issued a verbal invitation to Gonzaga to join the Big 12. That's how the process works. It isn't this thing where they're like, oh, hey, Fox, uh, I'm going to throw out a pro rata here for you. Doesn't work that way. Yeah. And anybody who tells you it does has no idea what they're talking about. Because it's just not true. Uh, Tanner says the history genre is what I usually watch. Well, I've been watching the cop genre a lot. Hey, guys. A lot. Yeah, you and Voight hanging out lately? I love Hank. Hey, guys. Love me some Chicago PD. Michael Tamez. Pac-12 gets rid of George Klyovkov, reaches out to BY and the Big 12 with all the presidents involved to finally discuss a merger, see if they can find common ground, then take it to the networks. Best option. Well, I can tell you already that Fox and ESPN last fall encouraged the Pac-12 and the Big 12 to merge. Yes, they did. And the Pac-12 said no. So I'm just saying. Uh, Mike M says, finding your roots in who do you think you are are great shows. They are. <laughs> <laughs> finding real. your roots finding your roots with henry lewis gates i think his name is good show on pbs truck stop gumby 69 <coughs> pieces of flair could have just stopped at 69 at the truck stop yeah uh delambo lol pac 12 to the history channel yeah. seriously seriously uh j-rod says uh jake monty we need to talk about your flair there is no flair what there, uh, there, there just is no flair uh, Spangler says, I, I played pickleball 30 years ago. It was called paddleball. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Romano says, pickleball is great competitive sport for those of us who are out of shape. Well, so it doesn't apply to me then because I'm in shape. Yeah. I mean, did, did you just call us fat or? Fat, fat, fat. Uh, Spangler says, hockey is harder than golf. Mm. I don't know about that, dude. I think I could more easily learn to ice skate than I could to hit a driver. Well, I hit think, a driver down the middle because we can all hit a driver, you know. I mean, I can know. hit a driver with my car. Yeah. Um, I think it's easier to ice skate than it is to learn how to flop around the greens. I mean, it, it golf is, I mean, just, I, I don't know why I want to do it, but I, I'm doing, <laughs> why am I going to chase this, 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 little white asshole golf ball all over the golf course. And it's, I'm, how many shafts am I going to break this year? Oh shit. Damn, Just one off in your mom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> outside the echo. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, outside the wow. echo chamber, full size ping pong is so fun. Dude. I'm not saying pickleball is not fun. Can you measure it? I'm not saying that uh, a couple more Bigfoot duck. My guy, what's up? I am the same age as Monty. I got rid of cable three months ago. Now I have to jump around Paramount, Peacock, Fox, and I'm already about to blow a gasket. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy right there. And bro. I'm not even in football season. That's Seriously. That's my guy. We were ready to dump DirecTV, but it turns out last year I signed a one-year contract, so I can't dump it yet. I'm, get on YouTube TV right now and subscribe to the Sunday ticket before the discount goes away. Oh, damn. Because I'm telling you, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Okay, YouTube TV. Tanner Plummer. Yeah, golf is really hard to master. A lot of respect for those who do it for a living. Hell yeah. Boom. Hell yeah. Boom. 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 Oh, wait, where'd he go? There it is. Okay, boom. 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 249. Inaugural boom. offer. Yeah. Get some. It. Yeah. Wow, that was excessive. Uh, Tim B just jumped on. What does the 8 billion reasons mean? That's the amount of money that 
ESPN can pay, will likely have to be part of to get NBA rights. $8 billion a year. Are you trying to get red zone too, or you just want the ticket? Nah, no red zone. I'm not no a red zone, zone not guy. Not a red zone guy? Are you guys red zone guys? I'm not a red zone guy. Okay, cool. So Jake just got We're the good. Sunday ticket. See, it's that up. easy. It's that easy. We're good, Hey, bro. tax right off. Yeah. Tax right off. Gotta love that. Um, but yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, red zone guy. No. Nah. I'm not a red sauce guy either. We all know. We all know it's all about the two-topping medium for $6.99. Whether it's game day, movie night, or just a busy day, it's always time for Papa Murphy's. And now you can get any medium two-topping pizza for just $6.99. That's right. The whole family can get exactly what they want any day of the week for any occasion. Any toppings, any sauce, only $6.99. Now that's medium. If only everything else in life was like our deal. Papa Murphy's. We make great pizza so you can make the pizza great. Order online today at papamurphys.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. By the way, the meatball marinara, I will just say again. I made the mistake of ordering Papa Murphy's and not getting the meatballs. Huge mistake. Look at me. Like now, they're so good that now when I don't do it, I regret it. Yeah, what are you doing, bro? But again, and I'm just not for nothing. If you are not getting the... Take and bake chocolate chip cookies and the marinara meatball with the two topping medium for $6.99 using the promo code MATI25. You are throwing money away because it is so good. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, by the way, I already got billed and paid for the Sunday yeah. ticket on, on YouTube TV. Yeah. $267.05 for existing subscribers such as and like myself. Such as and like. And Jake, really. I will give Jake credit. And I don't give Jake credit for much on the show. Yeah, he basically just calls me stupid every day, but it's fine. You yeah, know, and like, you smell. Yeah. But I, mean, um, yeah. I don't give Jake credit for yeah. much on the show, but, yeah. but right. my guy did my guy did force us here in the studio, studio. to uh, get YouTube TV. Yeah. And I was going to use DirecTV Stream, and Jake's like, no, nah, we're getting YouTube TV. Yeah. To which I say, knock it down. Yeah. Because that's exactly what you should have done. And the only other thing you should do is call the advocates or get to their uh, website, theadvocates.com, when you get in an accident. And again, somebody over the weekend, my guy Pat, asked me, hey, do they really handle workman's comp? Would I say they do if they don't? Hey, guys. Which is a phenomenal thing. I always find this interesting when we talk about our partners. Yeah. Perfect example, the advocates. I'll say, hey, you know, the best, you know, the best injury attorneys in the business, and that includes workplace injuries. Best. You've been hurt at work. TheAdvocates.com, chat with an attorney live on their website for free, 24-7, 365. You have nothing to lose. If you've been in an accident, chat with an attorney online. The experts, the experts, and I say experts because they've seen everything that you've been through, they've, they've handled it before successfully. It's why they are the creme de la creme. It's why they are the best, in my opinion, at representing people who have been in accidents, including workplace injuries. And somebody will say, well, hey, do they... Do they handle workplace injuries? Uh, they do. <laughs> and they do it well. And you never pay them up front because they don't have consultation fees and they don't have retainers. And again, you can chat with an attorney live on their website, 24-7, 365 for free at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. How the heck are you on a Monday? Thank you so much for being here. Please hit the like button. 
Um, we love that you guys interact with the show. I just want to take some time. I, I had the great pleasure of chatting with a bunch of our listeners over the weekend, whether it was on uh, hey guys. DM. Hey guys. A lot of people reached out over email. We're hey like, guys. what the hell is wrong with you? I was like, nothing. I feel good. They're like, I cannot tell you. You want to know how flattering this weekend was for me? I must have got five, six, maybe more than that. Hey, really glad to hear your colonoscopy went well. Can you tell me what the process was like? Please. That's so flattering to me that you guys would would trust me to say, hey, how did your colonoscopy go? I'm thinking I might get one now that I heard it on the show. It. And again, I know it's awkward and you guys can... I know that a lot of people, I also got notes that said, we don't want to hear about your colonoscopy, bro. This is a sports show. Talk sports. <laughs> Suckmyass.com. As men, there is nothing more important than, than prostate and colon health. I'm telling you now, man, you got to get your boys checked out. Mm -hmm. You got to do it. Uh, Gary, what's up? How the heck are you, my guy? He says, season pass versus Sunday ticket. Which and why? What you mean, season pass? What do you mean, pass? season pass? Yeah, what's that mean, bro? Uh, I love the Sunday ticket. As a Chicago Bears. Bears fan of the mighty monsters that were never, haven't been monsters for many years Man, now. Man, we build uh, stadiums on piles of horse manure. In truck stop conferences. Yeah. Um, they know reset. I, uh, I love the Chicago Bears. The only way I can watch the Bears is on Sunday ticket. It's been a boom. When I was a fantasy football player, it was awesome. Daily fantasy in the NFL is Dude, exactly when, where it's at. Do you remember back in the day, back when we lived in Southern California? Oh, yeah. You and, you and your boy come over. Justin Hintz. Dude, Pete, Costco pizzas, little Mountain Dew. Like, that was a thing, man. Watch football all day, book the radio show. It was awesome. Um, but Sunday ticket, I think, is invaluable, yeah. and I love it. So that's just me. Gary, What what's your season pass? Greg Romano says uh, golf is an addiction. You can hit 100 shots, 99 are bad, but that one good shot will keep you coming back for more. It will. It absolutely will. Um, I'm about to, by the way, and if you play golf. Yeah, we got we to link up, man. If you play golf, what is your brand of choice? I am about to go all in on PXG. Oui, I'm going, oui. well, I'm sorry, two, o, two O's in losers. Boy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going all in on PXG. So I'm going Gen 5 irons. <laughs> And I'm going, the new Gen 6 PXG driver yes. is over the moon. So I'm going Gen, Gen 5 irons, uh, Gen 6 uh, wood, driver and woods. And I, what I love is you're like, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't want like the elite, like super hardcore. No. Like, no. I don't want that, dude. No, I, I want most listen, forgiving. Listen, I am not buying golf clubs that a guy who's on the PGA Tour will use. No, I need the bigger face on the iron. <laughs> Cause I'm not a, I'm not a dude. I am. I, this is the first year in my life that I am going to go all in until I cannot golf because of the weather. I'm going to play all spring and all summer long. And I am going to play as much as I can. And I am going to, cause I'm going to Hawaii for Thanksgiving. I am going to the big Island or no, I'm going to, uh, Honolulu. Um, so I am going to, I'm going to Honolulu and I am going to golf in Hawaii. And I am I am going to be ready to do that. Mm -hmm. And Darren Ingram, he is the teaching pro up at our up at our uh, golf course of choice, Canyons Golf, the official golf club of the Monty Show. Um, I am going to wear your ass out on lessons, dude, because <laughs> I am telling you now, my guy Rob in Sacramento. When I used to live in Sacramento, Rob Weiser, 
he he was the teaching pro at a course, and I hit more roofs on that golf course than I probably should. Because <laughs> there were rows of houses on both sides. You would hit that ball and be like, man, I can't see it. Boom! Now, what kind of guy were you? Were you, were you, did you pull the ball? Did you push the ball? Like, what was kind of your no, thing? No, you know, I, my problem is, and I'm a big dude, I don't need to swing hard. So I if okay. I just go nice and easy, yeah. and if I can get my, my biggest struggle has always been my hips on my mm -hmm. golf swing. Yeah. So I'm really focused. I am all about the YouTube videos. I am all about doing, you know, exercises and drills without clubs in my hands yeah. to try and get my hips right, dude. And they, we, at, at my Vasa fitness, we have these weighted bars. Yeah. I'm absolutely about it because I am going to get it right. I don't care what anybody says, man. I am, my golf swing is going to be, it, it's, it's going to be good by the time we go to Hawaii. Weren't you saying that you, the putter was the biggest struggle? You were good on the tee box usually. Oh no, I can, I can be, I, I, if you need, play, let's play a scramble. Let me putt because we'll win. Okay. So the putter was your strength. My biggest struggle has always been. I'm you if I can get to the green yeah. if I'm just off the green usually I can there's nothing better than a seven iron putting with a seven iron in the fringe dude I'll knock that down all day I can really putt I've always been able to read greens my biggest issue is that 200 yard iron yeah it is always the 200 yard iron has always been my Achilles heel man yeah and Darren I dude I'm gonna come to you able to hit a driver and I'm not saying it's gonna be in a fairway but it'll be it'll be good enough that I I just cannot hit a long iron is really difficult for me. Yeah. And I just can't I've got to work on my ball striking. You know, I just can't. Uh, Saul Goodman says, what's the point of the red zone when you can find out the final score? It annoys the hell out of me. Yeah, I think a lot of people just want to constantly be in scoring. It's for Stop. fan. It's for fantasy football. Yeah, that's what the red zone is because it brings you. If you guys don't know the red zone channel, they only do scoring plays. So there's a dude that hosts it, and he's like, "All right, let's go to Miami and Baltimore. Two is about to get concussed on the seven yard line." Yeah. Oh, we just were just inside the twenty. Oh, Here we go. Well, fumble. They're going to kick a field goal. Okay, let's get out to mile high. Russell Wilson's going to flip his golf cart. They're inside the red zone <laughs> Come right on, now, bro. dude. How do you even do that? How does How does Did that you guys even happen, see this? dude? Do we have that, Jake? Did you guys see that Russell Wilson flipped his... Oh, there's no video of it. There's no video, no. There's no. a still picture yeah. of it. It's on my Twitter account, The Monty Show. Yeah. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Russell Wilson, the quarterback of your Denver Broncos, <laughs> was playing golf and flipped his golf cart in a crick. How? Like, were you checking out Sierra? Like, Sir, what? Were, you, How? were you texting and golf carting? How? Or what happened here? How? Like, I don't understand how you made that mistake. I really have no idea how you it's flipped crazy. a golf cart. I hate it. Uh, Brady Cook says, uh, I like TaylorMade or Callaway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Tinfoil Man says, Monty, take me now. Um, I'm not real sure what that means. I, you know. Okay. Hey, dude. I, I admit I'm a sex machine. Uh, Lopes Fan Game, having a good puck game can cure a lot of ailments on the course. Well... I just if 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 Darren can fix my my long irons, dude, dude, yeah, I'll I'm be a guy fine. Who hasn't played really at all. I played like a, a little bit as a kid. You're a new golfer, a, which new is golfer, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, which is cool. I used to play five four or five times a week when I lived in Los Angeles, and then when we were in Sacramento, I was playing. Dude, I was playing four or five times a week, and I could. I really have my drive. I was hitting a high fade on a driver. 
And I was, I was really, I was okay. I just, I was always in a bad shape around the green and I was always double bogey because I, that 200 yard flip in iron yeah. is just the undoing of me. Now, frankly, when I was playing like little munis that were all par threes, that's a much better fit for me. Right. But you put me on a, you put me on a par five. Yeah. Like I played Riviera in Los Angeles. Those par fives were, dude, I'm telling those are like eight nines for me. Yeah. Because I just have no ability to ball strike. And I, I'm telling you, it's my hips. I will figure it out. Yeah. I will figure it out. Giggity says, I flipped a golf cart once when I was seven. <laughs> okay, at least when you're seven, you have the excuse that you were an unruly child, right? <laughs> they were sending you, you were on your way to, to military academy anyway. Yeah, you right? were going to join Lori at camp. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. that's awesome. DeLambo says, too much to drink. Probably. Too much drinks. Truck stop Gumby, Russell Wilson channeling his inner Tiger Woods. Whoa. <laughs> Easy. Dude. Easy. Uh, Greg Romano says, I cut my driver length 45 to 43, and now I have a ton of control without much loss in distance. You That's know, the other thing I no, know nothing about, dude. But here's the thing. Yeah. We also, our guy at PXG yeah. is going to like do a custom fitting on us. Yeah. So I'm buying, like I said, I'm in on Gen 5 irons. That's, I've done a ton of research on it. I've talked to people who play like Gen 5 irons, Gen 6 drivers. I'm in on PXG. Now you're going to have to probably pry them out of my cold, dead hands, but I'm a Pro V1 guy too. So I'm going to hit the Pro V1, the golf ball, the right. Pro V1. Yeah. Uh, but PXG also just put out their new golf ball and everybody's raving about it. So, so, anybody uh, trying to advertise on the showroom to fund the uh, golf course? Yeah, game? anybody uh, uh, want to give us like know. twenty grand? Yeah, you know, if you guys ever want to pick it, we'll flow. Riley O'Brien, the greatest RV salesman in the country, says, "I just imagine Russ Caddy just looking at him and allowing for some silence, but then asking uh, uh, Russell if they need a reset." They uh, no reset. We're lying in the creek, Russell. Do we need a reset? They <laughs> no reset. Oh, Lopesman Gabe. Uh, Encanto Short 9 Phoenix is the best damn par 3 course you'll find anywhere. Lopes, so we're going to have to do it, bro. Yeah, and on a, and look, on a par 3 course, I, I can I can generally be in the... Well, when I was playing all the time, mm -hmm. I was in... I was in, I was finishing like 5-6 over. That's not bad so, at all. No, like... But That's I, really good. But I was yeah. telling you, That's like really good, I bro. used to play all the flipping time. Yeah. You know. All the time. Now... I got rid of my clubs, and I've got to get my Scotty Cameron back. Yeah. Because I am a Scotty Cameron guy. But we'll see. Hey, salty drunk. Ooh, dude. So, about that. You, you notice the comment, though. He's like, any NBA news? No, we don't have any. I mean, that we don't have. Nah, the season's over. Yeah, dude. I mean, I don't, you know. I mean, I, I, I don't. What is Josh Kitty going to do now? Yeah. Uh, it's not the best situation, and we all know that. I, I you know, I know, you know. Wow. Wow. Um, 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 you know, uh, we'll get you know. to the, um, uh, give me 15 minutes, salty drunk. Uh, Jacob oh. DeLambo, Mrs. Monty on her burner account right now. She's not, Bro. which she probably should be, you know, um, let's see. I, and I swear to God, if tomorrow on the showroom, there's an account in the comment section titled Mrs. Monty's Burner Account. Oh, I sure. swear to God, bro. OKC is out of the playoffs. Does that count, Salty? Good to see you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you were all in on OKC. Dude. Again, 
I'll give you credit, though. I'll give you credit, though. Giddy played his ass off. He did. I'll give you credit. I mean, he's no Austin Reeves, but he'll do. Yeah. (laughs) I will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) I will kill you. Gary says, TPX 5X for me on the ball. Moved away uh, from the Pro Vs. Why? Yeah, let's Um, deal with that. Bronco Country quite literally went for a ride. Seriously, Broncos Country. Let's ride. They did. Uh, I have Titleist Irons right now, but may switch to Mizuno. No, dude, that Titleist Iron is really tough to beat. Really tough to beat. I, I, ah, man, I have held and played with and stroked and finessed every, every, mm. I don't, I can't, I'm not a Callaway guy. I want to be, I'm not. I'm just not. Like, I love their clothes. I, I'm a PXG guy. So, I'm a PXG guy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Mr. Tinfoil, Mr. Tinfoil man says, come on, Monty. You are one sexy fool. Okay. Mike M says, jello shots will sneak up on you. I think so. Seriously. I think so. Greg Romano. I played a scramble and was so naive that I didn't realize green jello shots are made with vodka. I had a ton and had a tough time driving my golf cart. (laughs) Bro. What? (laughs) Dude. So wait, if you couldn't drive the golf cart, were you able to at least drive the ball? <laughs> like, Dude, what happened, bro? All gas, no brake. You know what? And I love you, dude, but you're probably the guy that needs to get to TridayTrading.com uh, to make sure that you're good because you're going to kill yourself in a golf cart, right? See what they, I'm like? I'm trying to like work Do it you in. See what my guy's doing over here? You know, Working TridayTrading.com. Uh, I love the guys at Tri-Day Trading. We talk about them all the time on the show. You know that. $10 to change the rest of your life. $10 gets you a 30-day membership. In that 30-day membership, you're getting access to their entire program. There are no, oh, he's a 10-day member. We'll call him some other time. No, you get one-on-one coaching with your professional day trading coach for $10. 30-day trial membership. You get the whole nine. You have nothing to lose, literally nothing to lose. And I tell you this every day on the show, but did you make $1,000 today? Did you make $1,000 today? And I know people are going to be like, that's not normal. It is normal. When you go through Triday Trading's program and you realize that they have proprietary systems and processes in place to teach you with your one-on-one professional day trading coach how to make $1,000 today being a full-time day trader so you don't have to worry about your asshole boss anymore. You don't have to worry about the drive to work. You don't have to worry about the construction or the snow or the rain or whatever other excuse you've come up with to not be passionate about the job you're doing. Work for yourself. Make the money you deserve and be the one that takes your family to Disneyland or gets the new PXG Gen 6 clubs or goes to Kapalua and plays golf. Live the life that you want to live because you went to TridayTrading.com and got the $10 30-day membership that gives you full access to their program. And listen, guys, if after 30 days it's not for you, walk away. It's a $10 charitable donation, so it's 100% a tax-deductible expense for you. Walk away after 30 days if it's not for you. And they're not going to fight. They're not going to try and convince you. If it's not for you, walk away. That's how sure TridayTrading.com is is that you can make the money you've always dreamed of. And by the way, if you want to do it as a side hustle, they absolutely have a program for that as well. Make hundreds of dollars a day at TridayTrading.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show.
Okay, a couple more before we get to the NBA. Dale Donuts is still rocking the Blue Dot Ping I 2s. My guy. Let's go. Mike M says, uh, Ping Irons has, have always had a good reputation as yeah, well. Absolutely. They have. they have. Absolutely. Jason says, cheap liquor is for college days. Well, it, and you know, if you work at Tri-Day Trading, cheap liquor is for college days. You know. Uh, DeLambo says, what the fuck? Jelly shots on a golf or jello shots on a golf course? I have so many questions. I want it. Dude, I've seen some things. At, at, I've seen... I mean, back in the day in Sacramento, I saw far more effective hallucinogens than jello shots at golf tournaments. Mm -hmm. Like Granite Bay Country Club up, up in uh, North Sacramento, one of the nicest courses in the world. And, dude, I've seen some guys do some things at the turn that is just like, whoa, whoa. Gary says, drink some water, tinfoil homeboy Thurston out here. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know, man. I don't know, dude. Um, let's see. Jacob DeLambo says tinfoil is Mrs. Monty's burner. Apparently, apparently Mrs. Monty's burner is now in. <laughs> That's please. All okay, please. I haven't seen That's the comment yet. Don't be a jackass with this comment. It's your first one on please. that account. Please. please christen this account with a quality comment. Please. Do it right. Please. Do it right. Please. Why leave for tomorrow what you can do today? I'm with you on okay, that. Okay. That's not a bad start. Not I'm a with bad you start. on that. Uh, Mr. Tinfoil says, share your tattoo artist, Michael Bergfalk. Yeah. Um, that's probably my favorite one. The, the, the owl... It's so hard to do that backwards. The owl tattoo uh, is probably my favorite one, but the lion on my forearm, I, we're right here. <laughs> I'm terrible about this. I don't know. Can you guys see that? Yeah. The lion on the forearm yeah. with the roses. Michael Bergfalk uh, on Instagram is my tattoo artist. The guy is absolutely stud crushing the sleeve for me. Uh, I need to get back and uh, I need to get back and get it finished. The ink isn't dry uh, yet. But Michael Bergfalk, and I can't remember, he moved studios like two years ago. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you what studio he's at. You know, just kind of find the studio. You know, and, you know. Facial recognition. Michael Bergfalk is at the Hive, the HiveSLC.com. You can find him on Twitter at Michael, M I C H A E L, Bergfalk, F A L K, Michael Bergfalk. That's my guy. Uh, Tyler Jenkins watched another small channel and he was ranting about this show. Well, they all uh, do. That's cool. They all do. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. He, uh, Tyler says, what's with the shots being fired at the show? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have not the slightest idea. Uh, JW says, my motto is why put off today what I can put off to tomorrow? I right, see. See that, what's up, big bro? That's Jake's philosophy yeah, I mean, on that's, life. That's my that's my deal, dude. You know, you know? That's right, T. You know. Uh Delambo says it's because other shows lack any personality. Well, I, I don't I don't know what the shots fired are. And frankly, I I don't We're not care. big believers in in like in in feeding into it. I mean, every once in a while you'll catch us talking about this or talking about that, but like I think that I I, I you know there, there are the shows that work hard and have a professional feel and have fun with it, and there are the shows that are out there just hating because it's easy to hate and takes almost no work. So Correct. It just is what it is, man. It's YouTube. Salty Drunk says bypassing, LOL. Uh, all right, let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's get to the NBA. All right, so do you do you want to get your gloating out of the way early? I mean, or, I, I mean I is just, this— All I'm you asking know. you to do, um, you know, 
is just recognize the beam team. Sorry, Man, that, that, you're offended that, by that. that I, I don't think, listen, I don't think that's asking too much on this here program. Mm-hmm. program. When my genius, which is every day, when my genius comes through and I told you, Hey man, the beam team is the shizzle. Stay hard. And you said, no, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Hey, oh my God. Andrew Wiggins, the Wigginator. We're doing this shit, bro. Okay. I don't know what it is that you say you're doing, but you're not beating the Sacramento Kings. So let me get this right. Mm-hmm. It's been one game. Yeah, series is over. It's been one game. Yeah, it's over. Apparently, the series is over. Done. By the way, the one you game only, series, what did right? you win by one possession on whenever that was? Was that uh, Saturday, I think that was? It, was? it was, by the way, we need seven of those games. Yeah, we do. Because this was one of the most entertaining basketball series I think we've seen. And I think if you look at the landscape of the NBA, I think it's hard to deny that Sacramento's legit in this series. Yeah, and are. you look at the speed they played at. And I will remind you that Sacramento won that game, game one on what Saturday. Yeah. And Demontis Sabonis was an absolute jackbag. The 12 guy was points, thirty-five minutes, zero of one from three, brutal. five of seventeen from the field. Brutal. Although I will say, I will say, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but in a game where he did terribly, he still had sixteen boards and dominated the Dubs on the glass. Dude, they're legit. They are deep. Yeah. They are physical. And they get after it. You know, like, I, I think it is, I think it's one of those things where when you look at the way that Sacramento plays, yeah. and this is a hard part, I think, for other teams to adjust to, is that Sacramento is incredibly fast. They know their style. They know what they're good at, and they know what they're bad at. They mm. know that they are not a half-court, plotting, methodical team. The Sacramento Kings are a better team when they're running down the floor with their hair on fire and De'Aaron Fox is hessing people to death and DeMontis Sabonis is cleaning up or posting up or making great plays. like Because he can absolutely be a, a conduit to great offense on that team. But you, you're getting everybody involved. And if you look, Jake, at the balance of that, of that box score yeah. and you look at the damage that was done by the, the top seven guys on that team, it's awfully difficult. You look at the, what Malik Monk did off the bench for mm. Sacramento. Like you're, it's going to be hard to beat them if you don't slow him down. Yeah, you know, I think the 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 tough part is you look at you look at like for the Warriors if they're going to win a game on the road, you can't have you know the Warriors have thirteen or I'm sorry, fifteen turnovers in this game, and the Kings have thirteen. So it's not like you know the Kings played this really clean game, right? But the problem is they played a game that was cleaner than the Warriors, and you have to give. The Kings a lot of credit because the Warriors with Steph and Clay actually shot the ball halfway decent. Steph and Clay are damn near 50% from three in this game, and you still beat the Warriors. I think the problem for the Warriors right now is, you know, the DiVincenzos of the world aren't really giving you a whole lot. Ten points, you know. You look obviously Draymond is not good for 15 points anymore, which I know doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're in a playoff game, that one-off three really can help kind of, you know, stem the tide a little bit. And the other problem is I, I look at, you know, the 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 minutes distribution here, and guys like Sabonis aren't having to play 45 minutes. They're not having to play, you know, 40 minutes. That's the other problem for the Warriors is you have Steph and Clay both playing 37 minutes in this game, and you look at, you know, De'Aaron Fox is the only one that that really even got close to 40. Sabonis is at 35, which honestly for him is a pretty light workload. You know, you look at Harrison Barnes at 36 minutes. Again, not a super heavy workload. That's pretty standard procedure in the NBA. So I feel like you won this game. You won this game with Malink Monk giving you 32 off the bench. Like, 
That's the trouble. Now, on the other side of the coin, I can also make a really strong case that the Warriors didn't play even close to their best game and only lost by one possession. And that's what I think makes this series dynamic and what makes this series great. Because you can easily see this series turning around where, you know, you've got, you know, let's say Wiggs goes for 31 game. Or let's say, I mean, any any number of guys here could could go off. What happens if Steph, instead of giving you 30, gives you 40? Right? Like, the, there are all things that are, are, are possibilities. But ultimately... I think you have to be impressed with the Kings. You have to be really yeah. enjoying the feel-good story. That is the Beam Team. That is the Kings. The Beam like, Team. You know, you just have to enjoy it. And I think the Beam Team. I, I think you know we. Beam. I remember talking on Friday about how this is one of the best series in the postseason. Right Beam now. Beam me up, dear. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> let's get on the Star Trek life. Like let's go. Let's do it. Like you know what I mean. Like uh, I just think it's a great series. I am it curious. Is. I'm curious what Steve Kerr is going to adjust in this game and how exactly they're going to go about getting more efficient offense. Because I saw the Warriors get a little tired at the end of this game, too. And that's not that's not going to work if you want to have any chance here. Wait, 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 salty drunk. Wait, wait, wait. You're not getting off this easy. Jake, can you stop comparing Gideon Reeves? One is four years younger than the other. Talk to me in four years when Josh is an all-star. So wait a minute. Reeves was like, you know, a piece of trash. And Josh Giddy was amazing. Salty, you got to take your lumps when your boys lose. Yeah. Okay? There's no reason to slander Reeves because Giddy lost. Yeah. Josh Giddy's a hell of a player. Austin Reeves is an absolute star now. Yeah. Like, he's taken that jump, those threes. And it, and this goes back to the Lakers, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, you look at the way the Lakers won that 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 game. Yeah. They won that game convincingly. Now, is Jaws hand a factor? Well, of course it is. But they, they can only control what they can control. Agreed. And the thing that is so clear is that this is not LeBron James and everybody else anymore. It's everybody else in LeBron James bringing up the, the finishing touches here. Because as well as LeBron played this year, he cannot do this on his own. And you look at Reeves, I think D'Angelo Russell has been... He's the guy. Yeah. The last yeah. three weeks, when he's played, because he's been nicked, he's been spectacular. You're not going to be able... I thought we learned very clearly yesterday, you're not going to be able to, be, to count on Anthony Davis with whatever the stinger was he had. Like... You need Reeves and Russell, and you're going to have to probably get more off the bench, if, if we're being totally honest, because I'm not a Dennis Schroeder guy. But you need LeBron, Reeves, and Russell at a minimum to just compete. And if you're going to win big, I think Anthony Davis has to be a huge part of that. Yeah, and I think that the only thing I didn't like about the Lakers game was that Malik Beasley just didn't get enough opportunities. I mean, you look at the box score, the guy plays 10 minutes and gets two attempts. I mean, that's just not enough for a guy that's easily a 40% from the field guy. Like, like I don't, I don't know how how you you run Beasley out there and you're not running sets for him in a game where where the Grizzlies really were not playing great defense in my opinion really were were it's not like they were out athleting the Lakers at all and so to me I would agree with that I, I, I look at this and I say hey for game two I'm looking at obviously you got to talk about Rui Hachimura. I agree with what uh, Desmond Bain said, even though I'm not a Desmond Bain guy. Let's see if Rui can do it two games in a row. Because Rui, frankly, did have the game of his life, and he was a huge reason why they won that game. Yeah. Let's see if he can do it two games in a row. But I think the thing Listen. that Desmond Bain ain't looking at is, hey, yeah, Rui may not do it two games in a row, but he's still going to give you 15 off the bench. And if Malik comes through with 20... But you don't need points. This is the Jared Vanderbilt discussion. 
You don't need points from Rui, in my opinion. Well, what they do is is they defend well enough. Jared Vanderbilt created turnovers that led to production that got guys hot. That's what you needed. Now, is he frustrating because he can't finish at the rim a lot? Yeah, he is frustrating. And we're watching the game, and Jake's like, he just needs to occasionally make a corner three. That's it. Like, occasionally. Occasionally. Like once every 15, 20 possessions. That'd be great. That'd be huge one, for them. dude. Right? But you look at what you got from Rui, you're never going to get that again. Not in this season. Not in this playoff series, you're not. Mm. But you know... Are you going to get 21 from LeBron? Yeah, I would expect a 45-point game from LeBron in this series. You look at Anthony Davis, he played 37 minutes, three more minutes than LeBron. He gave you 22 and 12. I would expect far bigger numbers in this series uh, from Anthony Davis. I would expect, by the way, for the Lakers to do a much better job rebounding the basketball. I thought they got beat, and I know that they won the rebounding battle in that game, but I would expect them to do a far better job rebounding the basketball. Yeah. The other thing that I think you have to do is you have got to cut out the, the flipping 14 turnovers. And the other thing, and I know this is not, not popular, but LeBron absolutely brought the Memphis Grizzlies back into that game at the end of the first half. The stupid behind-the-back stuff and the turnovers and the, the dribble down and shoot a long three that was almost an air ball, you allowed Memphis to creep back in the game. Yeah. And you almost need to be thankful that John Morant got injured because I think if John Morant finishes that game at 100% or as close to that as he could be, I think this is a one-point game. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a real chance that Memphis wins this game because there was a lot of that. Those three dunks at the end padded the lead and... yeah. But let's let's not get this twisted. If John Morant's healthy, this is a different game. Because mm-hmm. they got a huge performance. A huge performance, in my opinion, um, out of Jaron Jackson. 31 points, but again, four dimes, a steal, two blocks, three for three from the field goal, uh, from the free throw line, two or four from three. Like, he had a monster game. Monster game. And they lost big. Mm-hmm. They lost by 16 points. They lost big. And in real time, you know, when you were both actually playing, you probably lost by 10. You know, there's there's yeah. there's three, four garbage time possessions in there. But you can't allow you can't allow the Lakers bench to get lit mm-hmm. because if Hachimura is going to score, he's not going to. But score again, Reeves. I but... mean, that, that's why we're talking about the Lakers. Like yeah. I think Reeves. The thing with Reeves that I think right now he <sighs> has on 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 Giddy a little bit is that. He's getting the opportunity to play in high leverage games. And I know, I know Giddy got a playing game, and I know that that technically is a high leverage game, but but I don't think that that uh Giddy is getting that same sort of opportunity because he's not in Lakerland. He's not agree. in he's not in a winning organization. And and, I, and I'm not even trying to hate on OKC or 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 be that guy. It, the reality of the situation is OKC has not really been the same since Kevin Durant left. I know Paul George and you know I know you went Russ, through that Paul Russ George. like I know you went through that but you really haven't been what you were when you had Durant and Russ there like that. I would agree. And so to me I just think Giddy's a wonderful player. Salty, I don't even disagree. Giddy has all-star in four or five years written all over him. Oh he's he's God, got yeah. a body. He can shoot it. He's got good instincts. Like, he's a good player. If, but... he takes an, if he takes that next step, Josh Giddy, there's no reason Josh Giddy can't be a top 15 player in the NBA. I mean, he, he can be that good, but he... And it's not a knock on, on OKC. He's got to get out of OKC until they prove that they're a championship organization. And that you you're more interested 
in executing high-level offense instead of having Lou Dort go off occasionally, like that team is so frustrating. Yeah. Because when you have two guys, SGA and Josh Giddy, you should be far better than they are. But I'm telling you, SGA and and um, Josh Giddy are going to leave that team. Yeah. And justifiably so. They they should. Like you look at Mike Conley. Um, you look at, at Nikhil Alexander-Walker in Minnesota and what he's doing and the role he's playing and as well as he is playing. Now, they got torched. There's no doubt they were out of gas. But you go through two playing games, that's going to happen to you, yeah. right? And then you yeah. go to Denver, that's going to happen to you. But you look at the way guys blossom. Donovan Mitchell gets to Cleveland, blossoms, right? You look at the way that Jalen Brunson's playing for the Knicks. That's what Josh Giddey's going to do. Yeah. That's what SGA is going to do, in my opinion. Yeah, And I think... If you put, like, I still maintain Josh Giddy on the Clippers, and it's over. Yeah, you're in a good place. Josh Giddy on the Clippers would be... Well, look at the improvement uh, Bones Highland made. I mean, Bones Highland, mm -hmm. you know, not that, they're, not that their games are really all that similar, but again, I'm just telling you, you go to a fresh organization, you get a fresh perspective, new voices, you know, new culture, like, yeah. uh, like all that helps you become just a more effective uh, basketball player all the way around. And I do, again, I think these guys, the SGAs, the Giddies, these young guys are prime candidates for get on a team that has, uh, you know, uh, 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 maybe not a LeBron-level guy, but but a guy like a Jason Tatum, you know, that caliber player, and learn from them, and you're, you're going to take off. It's just a matter of time for these guys. Monty makes you money. Because you know we're picking the games tonight, mm. right? Absolutely we're picking the game tonight. Beam Team versus Golden State. They're not the Sacramento Kings anymore. They're Beam Team. And once they lose at home, then they'll be the Sacramento Kings. Right. Uh, how about Golden State, a two-point favorite, 239 is the number. Yeah. I, I don't know how you don't go. I, I was looking to – I was trying to find a good um, – I was trying to find a good money line somewhere. And I was looking at DraftKings today. And the Sacramento Kings money line is only 120. Yeah. So confidence is not high no. in the Golden State Warriors. I'm telling you, you, I don't see how you bet the Warriors in this game. I don't know how you, you have to put your money on the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. If you're yeah. going to lay ducats in this game, and we would never do that because we're just talking we about this gamble. for the, the yeah. point of fun. Yeah. Like, this is like, fun. We have positions, I mean, but we don't gamble. If? Like, yeah, I mean, what on. if? Come on. Uh, this is plus, and it's two and a half now, by the way. What do we have? We had this line at two. Yeah. It is plus two and a half now. So money's coming in. Money's coming in on Chaboys at Golden State. And knowing that your guys are in a hole, I'm going to let you go first on this. Two and a half. Yeah. The number's 239 and a half. Mm -hmm. How do you see this game going? Yeah, I think if you're betting this game, I agree. You got to bet the Kings. The money's too easy here. I, th I think there. If you're betting this, you want the Kings to win this game. Uh, I think if the Kings are going to win this game, it is going to go over. You're talking about 119 points each. I think you're good on that yes. for sure. Um, you know, my you know taking the money and putting putting that aside. Uh, I instinctually I have a lot of trouble betting against the Warriors and Steve Kerr, but I have to say. You know the Kings are the Kings proved me wrong for sure, and and so to me, I think 
betting man, you got to take the Kings. What do I want to happen? I want the Warriors to bounce back and make this a series. But that doesn't happen but, until that doesn't happen until three weeks from next Thursday when they're back at home for Game Three of this series. Yeah. Well, I, I the series is over if you go down 2-0, in my opinion. I don't think that well, I don't think that you're coming you, back you, on this team. The, the series never gets started until the home team loses. Yeah. And I think that's not going to be tonight. Uh, if I'm a betting, but again, man, I mean, you you projected if you lose tonight, you, you you're talking about having to win three in a row. That ain't happening, dude. You're not. Yeah, doing that'd that. be tough. I think that. right now, um, you'd have to win three out of four. Yeah, that's very true. I'm taking the Sacramento Kings, and I'm probably I'm probably parlaying this. I am probably taking the over. Uh, I am probably going Kings plus two and a half. And I am probably, there's a first quarter number. There's a first quarter number on this that what is, and by the way, the other one that I would encourage you to look at is um, the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors by six is plus 155. So you bet a hundred, you win 155. That's not terrible money. No, that's not terrible money. Um, but I, don't, there's... I guess it just comes down to: Do you think that? Do you think that game two is a game of adjustments for the Warriors, and that they're going to come out and control pace a little better? Because that's what I think ultimately got them. You let the Kings oh, start yeah. getting up and down, and you're just you're not going to be able to stop that. And again, like you didn't shoot bad from three if you're the Warriors, but by the Warriors standards, I think they were like like thirty five percent ish as a team. Like, by their standards, that's just not good enough, you know? So that's what I'm saying. This game is hard to pick. I, but I, you ha if you're putting money on this game, you have to take the Kings, you have to take the over, and you have to take them to cover. You have to, dude. It's just not, you can't, you can't go the other way. Yeah, and I would, find a, I would find a first quarter number that you like. I would probably be on the plus 500. Um, I would be on the plus 500 for, for, uh, Sacramento in the first quarter. That's where I'd be. But I, I think, I think the Kings beam team are winning this game and it's, it's, it's not going to be close. Yeah. It's it, it, I, that's just my opinion. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, salty drunk is still on Josh Giddy. Why are you comparing a 20 year old and a 24 year old? I can't get past that. Well, who did, did you know who Austin Reeves was 15 minutes ago? Like, I mean, what, what is the, what is uh, age very rarely has to do with it, It's more, it's more experience. He's a second year player, I believe. And, and yeah, he spent four years in college. You get that, right? Yeah. I just don't see why this is such a big deal. He is a, he is Austin Reeves is a second year player that doubled his production. That's called taking a huge step. I just don't understand Salty, why do you, and I, I get it. You're upset he lost. You're upset that Giddy's out. I, dude, I totally get it. I totally get it. But if you, if you don't think that you took, he's, he's Salty saying he didn't take any part in, in comparing the two. Well, you, I mean, you can keep telling yourself that, but Josh Giddy is all, Josh Giddy is also a second year player. Yeah. And he incrementally improved his numbers this year. The difference is Austin Reeves plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. And he is a big part of the reason that they're winning right now. He, they put him on the ball. They started him, and that team took off. And D'Angelo came back, and they got better, and he got better. And, you know, frankly, the, the pick and roll that he and LeBron 
And I, I don't know why, by the way, I don't know why the, the Lakers don't run pick and roll with LeBron off that left side of the paint more often because it's it's but pure it's domination same, dude, it's the same thing though like why is troy brown jr playing why like why like the lakers do dumb well, stuff regularly well i don't disagree with that like i anyway my to finish up on josh giddy i think the guy i think he's already an all-star he's a double double guy i just i i think that austin reeves is having more impact by the way didn't giddy play for the 36ers in australia he hasn't did. this guy been playing pro basketball since he was 17 he has been so what We've t- we've talked about this yeah, at length like, on this what, show. Like, what are, what are we even talking about? I mean, Reeves is a Reeves is a <laughs> five year college guy who redshirted for a year. Like Jacob DeLambo. AD saved John Morant's career by breaking his trigger finger. Damn, bro. Damn, <laughs> bro. That is cold blooded. That is cold blooded. Oh my god. Uh, Brandon Butler, what's up, my guy? Durant, Russ, and the beard. Who knew losing three Hall of Famers would be a setback? That's what I'm saying, dude. Uh, I, I mean, you can't compensate. But the problem is, damn it, and we're gonna wind up talking OKC. The problem is go. when you when Clay Clay moved that team from Seattle to Oklahoma City, he made all kind of promises and never kept them. That's one of the biggest failures in the history of the NBA. And most guys leave there and they find themselves in better spots. And the question is, what are they willing to do to win games? And I don't believe that OKC is willing to do what they need to do to win games. So get your facts and straight. They're going to continue. They have like they have a, an enormous amount of draft capital. You should be trading some of that draft capital to get yourself a proven number two who can who can be a true number two in the guard slot yeah. next to SGA. Your forward spots are fine, dude. You have all kinds of talent up front. Josh Giddy is the beginning of that, right? But Jalen, like, I mean, you have tons of talent there. You need a true, true number two stud to run with SGA, and they won't spend the money on it. Yeah. Oh, I'll draft guys, and Chet will be back, and okay, cool. And SGA won't be there. Yeah. Won't be there. Uh, DeLambo says, Russ manhandled Booker last night. That was embarrassing, by the way. Another that situation. we got to talk about, bro. That deal with Devin Booker. And Devin's my guy. I think you know that. Mm-hmm. Devin is my guy. But I'm telling you right now, if Devin Booker's not going to step up and be a big game performer, I, I just don't know. I don't know what more there is to talk about. Joe lazy ass in the gym. Because you got beat. And look, Russ, I, I've defended Russ on this show all year. Um, and we talked about this when Russ was supposed to join the Lakers and he's an asshole and why wouldn't he? And yeah, listen, Russell Westbrook is a valuable NBA player. Does he shoot? Well, no, he shot like one for 748 last night, <laughs> but he made the free throws when they were supposed to. He made the most important play of the game. Three of 19 from the field. One of six from three blocking Devin Booker's shot and then throwing the ball off a of book out of bounds ball game. Like, Devin Booker got humiliated by Russell Westbrook last night. Book's my guy. Sex machine, dude. Love that dude. Time to step up and be a fucking man, dude. Like, yeah. it's time to step up and yeah. carry the Suns. Excuse me. Come on, let's friend. go, Schlepprock. Because I saw the comments. Hey, man, love the show. Oh. Hate the cursing. Oh. Love the sinner. Hate the sin. And as you can see, um, <laughs> I'm going through some shit right now. Listen, dude. Devin Booker needs to step up and carry this team because Kevin Durant, you can see, is still trying to find himself. Mm-hmm. He is still trying to get back to 100%. Devin Booker should be far better than he is right now for the Phoenix Suns. He's the reason they lost the game last night. All of three from three, 10 of 19 from the field, six of eight from the line. 
Uh, one rebound, 26 points, minus six. Got to be better. Wow. You guys, holy BYU breaking news. Uh-oh. Did you guys see this? Uh, is this true? I'm going to double check this, but look at this graphic. If you are a BYU fan, hands above the table, friends, because you're going to want to pleasure yourself. Uh, this is a big deal. Do you guys know? Wow. Holy cow, this is a big deal. Do you guys know who this is right here? This is Caleb Etienne, the starting left tackle for Oklahoma State last year. It is confirmed. Mitch Harper's tweeting it. Wow, this is a massive get for BYU football. Holy Toledo. Caleb Etienne comes to Provo from Stillwater. Holy cow, he was in the transfer portal like 12 seconds. Wow, is that a big get for BYU? Holy cow. Thank you, uh, Thomas, who sent me that. Um, wow, that is a big, big deal. That is, see, and this is, again, you guys are going to think that I'm I'm playing. I'm telling you, BYU is not your is not the same old BYU. He has two years of eligibility remaining as well. He has been the starting left tackle in Stillwater. I tweeted about this this morning, and I told you this is another red flag. And if you can put, if you can put, I would assume he's going to start on the right because Kingsley uh, Suamataia will start on the left for BYU. If you can put Suamataia Lapuahu. Uh, I would think Connor Pay at center. Um, I would think Paul Maley at, at right guard, and then Caleb Etienne at, at right tackle. You're you're good to go. And Mike Gundy's being real classy about this too, by the way. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He wow. said. He said, "Quote: uh, Caleb felt he got beat out of a starting job, so he left." Thanks, dude. Well, Thank I mean, you. You, you can say what you want to say. It, this is the issue in Stillwater right now. And you have to ask yourself this. I mean, it, you, does, am I the only one who thinks this is a problem for, for, for Oklahoma State? Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't be losing top-end uh, offensive line talent. You can't They're coming out of yeah. a year that was a disaster for, for them. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, this is terrifying now. Because you're losing top-tier talent. And I think it is, this is somewhat scary. If you are a, if you're an Oklahoma State Cowboy fan, uh, I think you are, you are, you're in trouble. Because you can keep saying that this kid got beat out. And we can keep talking about the fact that, um, you know, hey, this is a problem. And, oh, no big deal. Nothing to see here. Until there's something to see here. Mm-hmm. And now there's something to see here because it's not accidental he committed in the in the conference. And yeah, did he commit at a place where he knew he would probably be a starter? Yeah, he did. Is that a problem? No, that is, that is BYU's game. And I'm telling you now that this is a massive get for BYU. Yeah, I mean, I think that BYU's concern has always been, you know, uh, recruiting in the Big 12 in year one and figuring out like, hey, can we compete? And will and will kids believe that 
they can get to the league through our program versus Baylor's, let's say, or Oklahoma State's or whatever, you know, any other program in the Big 12, like, will they believe that we can provide them the path that they could get at other institutions? And clearly, uh, clearly this kid did. I mean, clearly... Uh, this is a vote of confidence, and I think that, uh, you know, if you're a BYU fan, you're obviously thrilled about this, uh, but I'm still going to maintain what I've maintained since uh, last year ended. Uh, you mm. can have an amazing offensive line, but who's slinging the rock, man, because you don't have much back there right now. And 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 sorry if I'm not a big believer in, in you know, Slovis and some of the other guys you got back there. Like, they need to prove that they can throw it, but certainly, without a doubt, solidifying your left tackle position – for a right-handed quarterback oh, is man. absolutely cash. And obviously, you guys saw over the weekend uh, that Keaton Slovis was named the starting quarterback. You cannot have enough offensive linemen for him. But do you see my point with that, though? Like, even though they named him the starter, like, how long is he going to last as your starter? Because, like, I just don't well, buy that the guy's going to be your starter all year. Well, it, the issue is, is that Keaton Slovis has never shown the ability to be an accurate quarterback, especially outside the pocket. Yeah. And I think you were worried about the you were worried about the depth. Um, you were worried about you were worried about protecting him. And I think this offensive line, um, especially if it I mean, if it plays the way that, that we think it's gonna play with Suamatai on the left and and Etienne on the on the right, I think you're in a really strong spot here. Because Connor Pay is going to start somewhere on that offensive line. It's just a matter of where. Mm. Um, but I think Caleb Etienne is a really good get for BYU. There's no way. And I, 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 you know, across the Big 12, I think we all recognize that BYU is probably the 12th team, um, you know, or at this point, the 16th team in that conference uh, this season. I don't see any way that, that you can that you can argue that. Like, they are at the bottom of the heap when it comes to talent projections. It's going to be a really difficult climb. This makes that climb a lot easier. Yeah. Because Caleb Etienne brings incredible size. He's an athletic beast. And that's a guy that that is going to be here now for, I would think, two years. Unless he has a really incredible season this season, he is he's going to be here for two seasons. And I think this is a – boy. And, and the other thing that this is, and you call me crazy – this is a really encouraging sign for, for BYU football that you're able to go and get top talent. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. And you feel like now that you're able to, you know, to go and compete in the transfer portal for guys like Etienne because this is a guy that is what's going to have a lot of a lot of competition. He was somebody across the league and I think really across the country that probably could have gone just about anywhere he wanted to go. BYU offered him, I think, very clearly a spot to start. He knew he was going to be one of the, the tackles, left or right. He knew that. And I think that makes a difference. But BYU's on TV a lot because they bring a lot of butts to the seats. I think he knew that they were going to play big games. I think he knew he'd get seen. I think he knows that NFL scouts go to BYU. I think Caleb Atenye made a really smart choice here, Jake. And I feel like this is a really big tip of the cap um, to the to the offensive side of the football and Kalani Sataki's ability to close a guy like this. Yeah, especially after coming off of the heels of a season where the offense was a big time issue. You know, coming off of a uh, a season where you know your offense kind of you know sputtered at times, and and obviously the defense had its big time share of problems. But I just think that you know BYU fans left last season feeling like. Hey, there's a lot of instability in the program right now, and and obviously, you know, you go and you upgrade your coaching staff, and you and you've joined a new conference, and there's a lot of momentum, of course, but you the proof is in the pudding, and I think you know anytime that you can get top tier talent, as we keep saying, 
uh, it's it's a good day. And I think specifically when that top-tier talent's on your offensive line, uh, that would be an encouraging sign for you know, I don't know, actually being able to run the football at some point this year, uh, you know, being able to to get some play action going, because that's what you're going to need to do. It's not going to be good enough just to give it to Keaton Slovis and say, all right, dude, you've got two and a half seconds to find someone down the field. That's not going to work in the Big 12. You're going to have to run the football. You're going to have to be effective with it. It's going to have to be a thing that you lean on. And then if you can run the football, then you will be afforded the opportunity to pass. So the fact that you're going out and you're aggressively pursuing offensive line talent makes perfect sense to me, and I, and, and, and I think you just have to be happy if you're a BYU fan. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a massive day. Uh, if you are a BYU fan, this is a very, very big day because I think when you look at, uh, you look at where, where BYU is and you look at the recruiting and you look at you know, how all this has played out, uh, man, you feel like now you now you can compete at least. That makes you feel better. Again, this is just my opinion. It makes you feel better about the the Keaton Slovis being your starting quarterback because you, anytime you have a guy, and and if you guys agree or disagree, I'd love to hear from you mm-hmm. in the comments on this. Anytime you have a guy that's bumped around the country, and it's not like he was at Wachahatchee and and you know like Tarleton State. He was at USC and Pitt, and he couldn't get the job done, and he transferred twice. So anytime you have a guy doing that, dude, that's a big freaking deal. That's right, T. That is a big, big deal. So the idea that Caleb Etienne commits to BYU, um, I think, and you, I saw you tweeted Mitch Harper maybe projecting that Etienne starts at right tackle. Yeah, that's what they're that's what they're saying. Yeah. I think Kingsley Suamatai is absolutely the right guy to put at left tackle. This is a big, big deal. This is a big, big deal. Yes. And when we come back, we got to tell you about Papa Murphy's Pizza. But the odds for the NBA draft are out. Where did the Jazz land? So the Jazz don't make the playoffs, right? The Dallas Mavericks don't make the playoffs. The odds are out now for these guys in the draft lottery. And I'm curious to see you guys react to this. We'll do that next, including James, your beloved OKC Thunder. Uh, But anytime you think about uh, dinner tonight, make sure you order your Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the Papa Murphy's Pizza mobile app. And use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Again, traditional crust. Right? And I'm happy to fight you in the comments section today because apparently it's everybody being pissed off at the world. So let's throw. No, let's not. Whatever. Put your hands in your... Put them on top of the table because you know. Okay, anyway, fuck you. That's, you know, love the sinner, hate the... <laughs> uh, anyway, the point yeah. is, the point is, traditional crust, barbecue sauce, herb mix, cheese, extra onion, extra mushroom, pop it on the smoker, 25 minutes. Done. The best pizza, I'm telling you. 
The best pizza always comes from Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um, let's see. Match Snell says Golden Blue Dude. Okay, what about him? May he rest in peace. Uh, Michael Peck says BYU has recruiting challenges that Utah doesn't. Unlikely they'll be able to uh, overcome that anytime soon. No, it's a five-year climb. It's a five-year climb. There's no doubt about that. Gary says Arch Manning needs to come to Utah. Wishful thinking. Yeah, well, he's not starting at Texas, by the way. Did you guys see that? Man, that is rough. Um, I mean, it is. That is. That's difficult. Arch Manning did not win the job at Texas. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, There are plenty of uh, toast for all the butter. BYU got better. Utah needs a TV deal. Facts. Uh, DeLambo, BYU is going to flip the recruiting table on Utah. Well, in the state, they've come close. They've come close. Well, let's see what the Big 12 does to BYU's recruiting. Because I'm not ready to say that yet. Uh, CKS says, LOL, sure, Jacob DeLambo. Utah is 2-3 deep and 2-2 deep on the O-line. Utah's much, much, much deeper. Yeah. I mean, that's this is not even a conversation today at the moment, right? Uh, Robert Moffat says, Texas QB1 uh, is yours. It is. I think that you should have started Arch Manning. That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion um, because he needs development time, and you only get that through playing. So, But I, this is the issue at Texas. I'll, I'll just continue to say this. Until they win and win big, and I don't mean, hey, Big 12 SEC. I mean until they start competing for a college football playoff spot. Steve Sarkeesian ain't that dude. Yeah. And I, I, I know that we Fast. have talked long and hard about this on this show, and I know that we have battled repeatedly about Steve Sarkeesian. I am not a Sark guy. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously he had addiction issues at USC, has been well <laughs> documented and reported. Okay, cool. What has he shown you at Texas where you're like, dude, I got to, yeah, I got to, this is a dude. Yeah, nothing. You don't, you don't, and everybody will always say, well, they almost beat Alabama. There's no such thing as almost beat Alabama. Did you? Oh, you didn't. No, no, no. You didn't. That's right. You didn't. And now Arch Manning commits to Texas and you don't start him. I think it's it a mistake. It is what it is. On principle alone. I think it's a mistake. That, but, yeah. but that's just me. Yeah, I completely agree. That's just me. You know, like I, I just, yeah, it is what it is, dude. Uh, Starry says BYU will have the advantage when Utah moves to the Mountain West. See what he did there? Yeah. See see what he did there? See what I know. Reset. See what he did? Mountain West. Mountain West. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. Breaking news in the National Basketball Association presented by our friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Chat with an attorney live online 24-7, 365, because, again, they don't, they don't ever charge you up front. You never reach into your pocket to pay to talk to the advocates. No, friends, they don't have consultation fees. They don't have big retainers. In fact, you can talk to an attorney live online for free 24-7 today. You did not deserve to get into that accident. You did not deserve to get hurt at work. No, no, friends, you do deserve an advocate theadvocates.com. The draft odds in the NBA are out. All the tiebreakers have been settled. The Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, and San Antonio Spurs have the best odds of winning the NBA draft lottery. Now let's get to the meat of the order. Charlotte, Portland, and Orlando. Charlotte in fourth at 12 and a half, Portland at 10 and a half, Orlando at nine. 
Indiana, Washington, Indiana at 6.8, Washington at 6.7. The Utah Jazz have the ninth best odds at four and a half. The Dallas Mavericks and their $750,000 fine My name is Luca. have a 3% chance. Mm-hmm. I said a 3% chance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, James Knight. The Bulls are at 1.8 at 11th, and the Oklahoma City Thunder are 12th best odds. 1.7, they have the number one overall pick. Then it's Toronto, then it is New Orleans. Pretty remarkable that this is how this all played out with all the drama Mm -hmm. around our guy Shark Tank in Dallas, that those are the odds you wound up with. Mm Mm-hmm. That is amazing. More breaking news. Dude, we get Chance. it. We get it. Let me guess. Jaw's hand is eviscerated into like 50 pieces. No, that would not be correct. No, no, <laughs> friends. No, no, friends. Instead, breaking news in the NBA. Charms your mama, Charania. Yeah. Sham says that Jaron Jackson Jr. has won the defensive Player of the Year Award, into which I say very well deserved. Mm-hmm. I think that um, we're seeing in the, the Lakers game uh, that he had a massive impact yeah. um, on, the, on the, the game from the defensive end. And now Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, wins the 2022-2023 NBA Defensive Player of the Year Award. Uh, you like this pick? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he's he's incredibly athletic at his size, and I think you know the thing that really separates him in his game, you know, is his defense. I, I I think that he's a gifted defender. He can defend the perimeter. He can defend the paint. You know, there's not a lot that he can't do. Uh, and you know, yesterday he was making the three, and I think when he's doing that, you're he's almost impossible to beat, and he's he's almost impossible to beat to the point that LeBron was struggling to slow him down on the block. So. You know, I think, yeah, I, I think high, very highly of Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, you know, he's never been, a uh, you know, a, a problem in the locker room. He's never been, you know, an issue with your teammate guy. Like, he's always just been a guy that puts out. And I think that he's not he's not on Jokic and Embiid level. Uh, he's not in the MVP conversation, but he is a damn good big, and you could certainly do a lot worse than him. Yeah, I agree. And I think when you look at the way all of this played out, I think it's universal that people believe this is the right choice. Um, And I think when you're looking at the way he played uh, against the Lakers, there's just no doubt that Jaron Jackson Jr. is an absolute force defensively. Um, And I think he's earned it. And it's going to be interesting to see as these these numbers come out, you know, who wins these other awards. But he joins uh, Kawhi Leonard, Dwight Howard, and Alvin Robertson. Um, as the youngest defensive players of the year in NBA history at mm-hmm. the age of 23, uh, which is no which is no slouch. I mean, that is a huge, huge, huge honor uh, to be put in that group. Like, yes. man, what a crazy 15 minutes of news. Um, you know, we'll see what you know how all this plays out, but boy. Um, I, I, you know, this number one pick, and again, if you're just tuning back in, a lot of breaking NBA news in the last few minutes, including the draft probabilities, the Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs all share a 14% chance of winning the number one overall pick. Well, let's hash it out, dude. Where are you going with the number one pick? Scoot Henderson, for sure. 
I mean, if I'm the Jazz, I'm going Scoot Henderson. I think you need Colin Sexton's way too unreliable. I think you need somebody who who is a who is a more uh, polished score, more gifted score. I don't disagree with that. Um, you know, and I think Scoot's ready. I think Scoot's ready for the NBA game. I don't think you know he needs any development in his body or I mean certainly you always want development but he's not one of these guys that that is like not you know that you're going to worry about because he's too small or something he's got good size for a point guard I think he's got good instincts he can really score it like if I was the Jazz at number one overall I'm I'm taking Scoot Henderson yeah and I, I listen I understand why whoever wins this derby is going to take Victor Wambanyama number one I I don't know there's a reason I'm not an NBA general manager. It's probably because I'm fat. But I mean, the other reason is I would, fat, I would, fat, you, you know, fat. I would have to take a serious look at at Brandon Miller or Ammon Thompson uh, as my number one pick. Like I, I love Scoot Henderson. I've told you a thousand times that I believe those two guys should be one and two. But man, you look at Brandon Miller outside of the off court issues. Brandon Miller is a basketball player. My God. Um, I mean, he is truly, truly an elite offensive force. Yeah. And in this league, when you're 6'9", 200 pounds, and you can play a 2-3 combo, geez, Louise. Yeah. I mean, that's awfully tough to pass on. And, and you look at overtime elite with Ammon Thompson. And again, I know we talked about him at, at length last week, but 6'7", uh, and they say he's at 196. Uh, he's a guy that's got a 6'11 wingspan. Crazy. I think if you are if you are Detroit or if you are I mean specifically San Antonio for Ammon Thompson, but I, I mean I, I don't know how if you win this number one pick I think you you guys don't you have to take Victor Wambanyama in this particular draft I mean if you don't you're going either way you, you're opening yourself up to getting whacked if yeah. you're and and by the way as well if you're Houston you have like fifty of these guys on your roster now. I mean, like, how many busts does Houston have, in your opinion? Well, I don't know that. I, I mean, they've got a couple, but I think that, you know, again, just like we were talking about with SGA and Giddy, you know, I think that those are guys that if once they get to a fresh organization, uh, specifically one that's at least mid-table, you know, uh, uh, an organization that, you know, has a winning culture but just is needing help getting over the top, mm -hmm. I, you know, then I think those guys will blossom. But until that happens, they're busts. And I think the problem is what I'm not willing to risk uh, is is drafting somebody who's never going to play for me uh, or is going to play, you know, 100 games in five seasons. I'm not doing that. I, I, I'm just not interested in that. And everybody can sit here and say, and, and I love my guy, Travis Bird. I uh, love you to death if you're listening, but but I'm not uh, I'm not going to go down the Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Chet Holmgren route. And I love my no. boy Chet, but he's one of these guys where you tried to roll into the league and you were real skinny and real frail, and that didn't really work for you. And everyone wants to say, oh, well, you know, this guy's been playing against professionals and he's ready to go. But I'm telling you that the NBA makes those professionals look like average players because of how good the NBA is. So to me, yeah, I guess if you're Detroit, you can you can afford to take a flyer on VW. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. But I also think if you're Detroit, you've done a great job drafting so far, and you've added some talent in the bogey deal, and you've done some things that have really made your team good. If, totally if, agree. If Cade uh, uh, Cunningham hadn't had a seasoning injury, that's probably a, a play-in team trying to get to a top-six spot. Honestly, they probably are. So to me, if I'm Detroit, I'm trying to get Scoot Henderson. I'm trying to get Cade <laughs> off the ball. I think that's a really great point. 
I mean, I, well, Cade Cunningham is probably the forgotten guy in all of this shit. Like, because he just hasn't played. Like, we, yeah. you haven't seen him. Like, I look at Jalen Green in Houston. Mm -hmm. Give me a professional coach. Hire me. I need an ass-kicking professional. I, I need Quinn Snyder to go to Houston. Yeah. I need somebody like that to go into Houston and teach them dudes how to play basketball. And not really even that. Houston needs somebody. And it's interesting. We've talked so much about OKC with James Knight on the show. They need that system. They need zero tolerance for your bullshit in Houston. And we're going to be professional. Because you've got guys on that team. And let's not forget their depth chart in Houston. Kevin Porter Jr. needs somebody to say, hey, dude, that's not what we do. Right? And you look at you look at Kenyon Martin Jr., I, I think Kenyon Martin Jr. on another team, again, I, I think he blossoms. I'm telling you now that Jalen Green has all of the goods to be the best wing player in the NBA. Totally agree. He is that talented. They have no idea how to play professional basketball. They need to trade some of those dudes, go get a superstar veteran, and I would, get, I would do everything I could do to go and get Chris Paul to end his career there. To go, like James Harden has been talked about wildly about going back to Houston. Bring me James Harden and teach me how to play basketball. But you have got to, within all of your power, break that group up. So if you get this number one pick, man, I'm telling you, I would trade it. Because talent's not been your problem. Yeah. Winning has been your problem. Agreed. Winning. Professionalism has been your problem in Houston. Now, if you're OKC... And OKC's got slim and none, and, and none just left the building, right? Like, they're down the way a little bit. OKC's a team that should package a guy like a, a Chet. Like, you know, they're, they're lower-end guys and unproven guys. If you're going to draft Victor Wambanyama in OKC, you've got to trade some guys that are projected for you. So yeah. you're going to wind up moving a... Now, I'm telling you now, I would never trade Jalen Williams. I think Jalen Williams has the potential to be the guy if he keeps growing. Like, he has got the potential to be the guy. Right. But if you can move, if you can move the Isaiah Joes of the world, if you can move, you know, if you can move some of those dudes, you got to do that. If, if you can get up and get that number one, okay, fine. But you can't just bring a Victor Wambanyama or a Scoot Henderson into this team with this group that's intact. And I would say that about everybody below San Antonio. Yeah. Because I think Charlotte is an incredibly flawed organization. I think that Portland, Portland needs to sell the team. Portland, that ownership group, that, that they're still dealing with that whole awkwardness. Phil Knight wants to buy Portland. You sh if that's true, if there's any truth in that, sell the team and let's move on with our lives. Portland deserves Damian Lillard to have a team where he can compete for an NBA championship. Yeah. And let it be his fault that they lose. But you look at look at the Jazz. If the Jazz wind up somehow, some way with the number one pick, you you cannot draft Victor Wambanyama. No. It just it just does not work. And I'm curious, you know, I would love to hear you guys on this. Brett Burnett. Uh, member of the program, Brent. Where have you been, dude? We've talked about your absences, and frankly, you're tru you're truant at this point. Brent says Jazz should move Gay in a package along with Clarkson on a sign and trade. I, I just don't. There is not nearly any value in Jordan Clarkson as a sign and trade player. I, I just don't. And again, I think we've been over this repeatedly. A lot, yeah. 
I don't know why you would sign and trade Jordan Clarkson if you're the team signing him. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Because you are you are truly an unrestricted free agent. And Jordan Clarkson is well aware that, yes, the Jazz with bird rights can sign him for more money. I totally understand that. But I'm telling you now, with the way the CBA is and – there's not a lot of incentive for the Jazz to to or for another team to do a sign and trade for Jordan. Yeah, I just to me that's that's crazy. I don't know why if you're another team you would do that. Yeah, uh, Brandon Butler, San Antonio needs to trade back and get more assets. Even with Wemby being a superstar, that cupboard is bare. Like, and I don't know, I don't know why they are particularly the way they are because they have a tremendous fan base. And it makes no sense that you're starting, you know, the the lineup that you're like that whole roster is just bad, 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 bad. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's at least, a tanker. But at least when I look at, but for what point? For what point? Yeah, I don't know. I, that's exactly right. Yeah, like I, I look at they Detroit and I look at Jade Nivey and Killian Hayes and, you know, like you didn't want to move, uh, you know, Bag Snatchevich. Bojan Bag Snatchevich. Yeah. Aisle yeah. six. Yeah. You don't want to trade Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Right? It, but James Wiseman's a project now. Cade Cunningham's been out. But you got six dudes that can change the world. And don't forget, Cade Cunningham played 64 games his rookie year. I mean, it's yes, not like this guy hasn't played. I mean, yes, you know he what did. he is. And he played quite well, I would remind you. Yeah. So I look at I look at some of those dudes, and I, there's just not after their top six, take it or leave it. Even Marvin, Marvin Bagley, take it or leave it. Yeah, like that's not a difference maker, right? Yeah. But you look across this, that you look across that that Pistons top six, there's guys that you want. Yeah. There's there is real legitimate talent there. So I yeah. I, I mean it is we'll see. I, I yeah, we'll see. Gary uh says tinfoil your attention dep attention deprived, bro, go home. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, Keaton Critchlow, Dallas Mavericks behind Jazz and odds. They are, which is hysterical. <laughs> hey, hey, Cube, screw you. Right? Like that, that is, that is karma in the highest order. It's amazing. Karma in the highest order. I, I love it. So, you know. I do love it. Um, Brandon Butler says, I, I'm just saying if San Antonio may be looking for more picks if you want to move up. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I agree. Right? They're the team that's awful with no purpose. Yeah. You know, like at least if you're going to be awful, gift wrap it in the idea that you're tanking. But they're not even doing that. Connor Tulin, a noted Knicks fan, who the other day commented the word Knicks like 10 times on our videos. I appreciate you doing that, Connor. Uh, Fournier in a pick for Clarkson sign and trade. I'm so bricked up right now. The Knicks would be like, let's Dude. go. Yeah. Yep. Let's make good yeah, on that Mitchell trade. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Mapes, what's up, Mike Maples? If the Jazz had number one, it's Scoot. VW doesn't work in Lori uh with Lori and Walker or trade down to a, a pick or two. That's See, what I'm saying. Scoot Henderson on the Jazz. I'm telling you. I don't know how quickly Danny I don't think Danny has the stomach for an Ammon Thompson. Um He broke up with you over text message? Yeah, and a Sar Thompson. Yeah. I don't think he's got the I don't think he's got the stomach for that. No. But if you would give him a Scoot Henderson, sure, you could you could work on that. Yeah. Uh, a Jarvis Walker, 
Yeah. You, you could work on that. That's what I'm saying. I just, you know, like uh, it, it, certainly Anthony Black is a guy we've talked about on this show. Like any of the Arkansas guys, Nick Smith Jr. is my favorite Arkansas guard. Do you guys see what I mean, though? The Jazz have options. There yes. are multiple ways you could go about it. You don't yes. need to get, like, you don't need to get all bricked up over VW. You like, don't need to get bricked up. You don't. Up. You don't. Like, this guy is, this guy is IR waiting to happen, he dude. Is. This guy is out for the year, like, five years in a row waiting to happen. And I just think that, that you're in such a good place with Walker Kessler and Lori Marketing. Why would you go and mess that up with VW? Because yeah. you know that buddy's going to start year one. You know that. You know, I think it is, I don't know. I, I think what's really interesting about this draft, this is just me. What I think is really interesting is everybody in the in the top half of the first round will have options. Because there's so much talent in this draft. And there's so many... You know, there's so many variables. Every team, like again, James Knight, OKC has so many variables there. You can stick and stay with what you have, but boy, if you could find a real number two and hey, let's say we get the third pick in the draft and package that, go get a superstar. Like, I, okay, well, let's draft somebody there. And now we're talking about SGA and Giddy and Chet and this guy, like whoever you wind up sticking in and Ammon Thompson or... I mean, you just have so many options, right? And with the talent OKC's got there already, you could bring draft a guy, put him on the bench. Yeah. Like the Chicago Bulls will never win anything because they're a terrible basketball team. But hey, if you can draft the best center, if your goal is get the best number five in this draft, well, it's certainly not Victor Wambanyama because he's telling you he's a four, Yeah. right? Like every team's got stories and, and questions and options and answers in this draft. Yeah. Every one of those teams, if you if you look at this graphic, and we'll put it back up, if you look at this graphic, every single team has options here, right? Like every single one of them, you can do anything you want to do. You simply have to just make the decision, which, by the way, for teams like the, the Rockets, the Spurs certainly have struggled in that, Michael and the Hornets, although LaMelo Ball was absolutely the right pick there. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at the Pacers, the Pacers are not far. No. The Pacers are not far. I The Wizards, I don't have any idea. What are you doing with Bradley Beal, man? What are you doing with Kyle Kuzma? Yeah. Right? Like, what are you doing with Kyle Kuzma? Look at the Dallas Mavericks. Who wants to go and play with, with Luka Doncic? Well, go get a guy <laughs> who doesn't have a choice. Right? Go get a guy. Go draft a guy who doesn't have a choice and can't say no. Don't go after a Chris Stapps. Don't go after a Kyrie. Go get the best player available to you in that draft that you've scouted and identified and put his ass on the floor next to Luka. Yeah. And let's go. Like, that's, you have so many I'm options. I'm going to do this. You, you look up and down this list, all you have on every one of these teams is options. Yes. So it it is really fascinating to see these odds and try and figure out, well, hey, who's going to win and what's, and what's going to happen? Because I just think it is... It's fascinating. Yes. As is the fact that Bucked Up Energy is the official energy drink of the Monty Show. Hey, Monty. Uh, we are on the Mango Tango vibe today, and I'm telling you, it's amazing. Um, and I just love, I love, love, love. I spent a really good weekend working out this weekend. And, you know, as Jake and I have worked really hard on this fitness thing with Mrs. Monty and She's training for triathlons, and we're trying to get in golf shape, and we're, we all yeah, have we're these. we're going to win the Masters. Yeah, we all have these goals, right? Bucked Up has absolutely come along for the ride with us. I, I tell you all the time, like, these these Pixie sticks, that this it's called Pixie Pump. 
Mmm. Nothing like it, man. You know. Under the tongue. Mmm. It just dissolves. You get that natural hit. Yeah, you're going in. in. My guy's going in right now, bro. Mm. I'm telling you, it gives you nice, smooth lifts. <laughs> you don't feel jittery. But if you're the guy that needs to feel like your face is on fire, Bucked Up has product for you as well. That's what I really like about Bucked Up. So use our promo code MONTY to get 20% off your purchase at checkout at buckedup.com. Or, listen, don't take my word for it. Right? Go get the free samples in the shaker in the description below on this YouTube show or on the podcast, no matter where you listen to the show. Click the link. It says free samples and shaker at Bucked Up. Pick out your samples. I would tell you get the BCAAs. Get the, the racked BCAAs. Fantastic. Um, it has carnitine in it, which really strips fat off of you. Uh, but you can get their, their, their best stimulant for pre-workouts. Anything you want. You pick the sample, and you get to pick the color-coordinating cup that you want. Mix and match colors, because Bucked Up knows. Once you try their stuff once, it's over. Mm -hmm. Once you, I'm telling you, you drink one can of, this is 300 milligrams. Here's the other thing. Mrs. Monty is a low-stem person all day long. So she drinks the white can of Bucked Up Energy, because that's only 100 milligrams of caffeine. The black can is 300 milligrams of caffeine. You drink Mango Tango one time. Yeah. One time. And I am telling you, you'll never go back. Miami, which you can never get it, is always sold out. We went to the holiday. Holiday. Do you know who sings holiday? No. Madonna. Uh, we went to the holiday. Dude, she's like 100 years old. How would I know that? Ooh, we clear on that? Ooh, ooh, holiday. She's not 100 years old. She just Obviously had plastic not. surgery, so she looks 100 years old. Good but point. you go to the holiday sold out of Miami. Get yourself some Mango Tango. Yeah. Mm -mm. I love it. Make sure you tell me you heard about uh, Bucked Up. Go to any of their retail stores, by the way. All the way from Farmington Station down to St. George. I shop in South Jordan. I love the store in Orem. Hook it up at buckedup.com. All right. Um, what is Mr. Tinfoil Man going on about? Yeah, oh, my God. Here? I have no idea. Um, he says, I lost my golden blue, dude, and I'm pissed about that. Okay, cool, dude. Uh, Golden Blue Dude was awesome. He was on our show, so that's cool. Thanks for coming by. Uh, there's plenty of toast for all the butter. Says, what are the jazz odds at top four? No idea. No idea. Couldn't tell you. Here are their odds at, at top number one. And their odds currently are 4.5%. So it, stranger things have happened, man. Stranger things have happened. And I say... Mm, I would love to see the Jazz get that pick because Danny Ainge with more, um, you know, with more ammunition to get what he needs to get, dude, I'm all, I'm all for it. I am all for it. And I think when you look at the way that Danny has built this team, like there was a discussion in the members only Instagram yeah. uh, group the other day that is, was shocking to me. There are people who, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody in the group was like, oh, I don't, the, like, doesn't like the direction of the team. And Ryan Smith is not a good owner. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I think that people. I, look, I think that fans just want just want winners. That's it. They that's all they care about. And I understand that, man. Like, you know, if you're a fan, like, why are you watching the game? Because you want your team to win, right? Like, isn't that isn't that? Yeah. That's like why you're watching. You you don't care about 
you know, watching the game within the game, as I refer to it as, uh, you know, meaning, you know, you don't care about watching the development piece here, development piece there, you know, looking for real specific things with Walker Kessler to see if he does or does not do those things, looking to see if Will Hardy's going to have a meltdown on the bench with Colin Sexton or not. Yeah. Like, you know, all these little things that I watch the game for, the casual fan does not. And that's okay. I mean, I don't expect you to, totally okay. to, to do that, but I think you have to be really careful when you start bagging on the owner and like saying that the direction of the franchise isn't good. Like, I think they're, the direction they have is excellent right now. I think, you know, you executed year one of a, of a retool or a rebuild, if you want to call it that, uh, it, to perfection. To have a 400-plus winning percentage is ideal because you didn't win very much, but you won enough to stay relevant. You won enough to keep the building full. You won enough to pay for the outlandish renovation that Ryan Smith had to do to the building for the All-Star game. You know, like, you had to do all that stuff. So that's why I say... They they did a great job. Now, uh, again, as I've been saying, and we've been saying on this showroom for how long? Uh, since before the season, really. Now it now you're coming into that second window of opportunity. Like, you had the trade deadline. Now you're coming into this period where, hey, the draft is coming. You know, you're, you're obviously coming into the summer window. What is the plan? What are we doing? Are we going to trade down on the draft? Are, you know, is it is the plan, hey, if we win the number one overall pick, we'll trade out. But, hey, if we land top five, we're going to keep a fifth overall pick. Like, what's yeah. the, that's what I want to see how this team handles it because that will tell you what they're thinking. Yeah, and I think that the, the thing that Ryan Smith has done that I think matters so much is that he's let Danny Ainge handle the basketball. He's let Danny Ainge do the aging. Well, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, if you are not willing to hire people and let them do their job, I just, you're never going to succeed. It's, it's what Mark Cuban and Jerry Jones do so poorly, right? So I look at, I look at the way that, Ryan Smith has allowed people to do their jobs. He's allowed Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge to execute their game plan. Thanks. And it's worked out very well for him. So when you look at the way that they have performed, I just don't know how you can complain. Yeah. You know, like that's the thing that, you know, like that's the thing that you have to look at. And Danny Ainge has put you in a position now to, to really do anything you want. The, the issue is going to be he doesn't have the leverage to go and sign any free agent he wants. Because Utah is not attractive to every player. It's not, you know, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, New York. It's not universally respected. Yeah. So you're more likely to see Danny Ainge be aggressive in the trade market, which I think is which is more likely than not. But he's got so much money in free agency. He's going to throw cash at his guy, and they're likely to take that money. And that, to me, is his win. I think no matter who they wind up picking, you're going to pick the best available player in the position you wind up drafting in, and you're going to wind up developing that talent. And if it's one thing we learned this year with David Fisdale being hired in developmental, he's going to develop, he's going to develop guys. And if Walker Kessler and Laurie Markkinen are any indication, the development ceiling on this team is very high. Mm -hmm. Now, whereas I look at a at a you know, other developmental organizations in my mind. Again, OKC certainly comes to mind. I mean, you look at the you look at the guys on this list. How many teams can you say the Pistons are a developmental organization? Well, the jump that Cade Cunningham took, you could say that. Mm -hmm. Right? Houston, I'm not going to say that at all in any way, shape, or form. San Antonio, no. Charlotte, no. Portland, mm. you know, Simons is a nice is a nice story. Yeah. 
uh, but they don't win. What Paulo Bancaro is doing in Orlando is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, at least you know, Orlando's on a path where you could make a move to win. And with the Rockets being top six protected here, I think that's phenomenal. I mean, if you look at where, if you look at, at the other choices that you're going to have here, there's a lot of development organizations here. I don't think there's any doubt the Pacers are, are, are doing a good job growing their talent. Uh, I think Washington is not. I think the Jazz are. Dallas is not. The Bulls are not. The Thunder, you know, the th- again, the Thunder are very interesting. The yeah. Thunder develop talent. There's, there's no doubt about that. But, I mean, you look at the Jazz as a developmental organization, and, again, Lori's going to win most improved player. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Right? But you look at Walker Kessler. You look at Ochai Agbaji. You know, I, I think one of the other questions on this team is, what are you doing with Colin Sexton? Uh, because an NBA source I talked to on Saturday felt pretty sure that Colin Sexton was a guy they would let go of Mm -hmm. in the right situation. And I could see him doing that because I don't know that you're married to that guy. Well, and I think especially with Ochai, like, you know. Well, I, I, I think they play two different positions in two different styles. But you have enough guys and you can get enough guys. And certainly in this draft, I don't think any of us disagree that Jazz have to be focused on a point guard or a power forward. There's no doubt about that, right? But I also think that Walker Kessler gives you a little bit of flexibility. If you want to play four smaller players and Walker, he can guard fours and fives. Um, so that'll be interesting. But I, I personally would be focused on wing players. I would be focused on you know, the, the very best two and four that I could find to fit around Laurie because I think he's rock solid as a three. Um, but your Sexton's available. I think certainly Rudy Gay's not going to be here. Why would you? Um, you know, I was asked the other day about uh, Simone Fontecchio. I, I don't think you're married to that guy. I really don't. I don't think you're married to Colin Sexton. I, you're, I mean, I think the world is your oyster with the Jazz. There are very few teams in this league right now outside of the NBA playoffs who are on the outside looking in that have as much flexibility financially draft compensation-wise, and direction-wise because you have players in Walker and Laurie that give you flexibility. It doesn't matter who you plug in here. Ochai Agbaji can play the two or the three, and if you really need him to bring the ball up, now that is, I'm told by my jazz sources, a point of emphasis for Ochai is he's got to learn to handle the ball a little more and in volume and with more confidence. He's going to continue to become a better three-point shooter. Yep. But you look at this Jazz roster, they have ultimate flexibility. And I think that's what makes them very difficult to deal with. Um, you know, I, I just, I think it is, it's going to be very difficult in three years if everything remains equal and teams continue to grow. I think it's teams like the Jazz. I think it's teams like OKC. I think it's teams like Orlando that are all headed in this direction where they're going to have incredibly talented, deep rosters because even, even, you know, with Boncaro, it doesn't matter who you put around him, they're going to be good. You know, like it, one of the teams that really, that, that in my mind is really interesting is Miami with Tyler Hero breaking his ring and middle finger. My God, like now um, you're going to be on um, the outside looking in. Um, You'd almost rather miss the playoffs to have gone through the play-in tournament and, you know, like, what is what is Miami going to do with Duncan Robinson? Like, that's a team that knows how to reload fast, right? So if we if we look at the East, man, you, the Knicks are one player away. They're going to be good. Uh, you, you look at the Bulls. I have no – like, they these idiots talked about re-signing <coughs> Nikola Vucevic, who's been your weakest Bro. link 
all season long. Oh, yeah, we're going to try and resign. He's a priority to resign him. Because it's garbage. So the Bulls aren't going anywhere, right? But you, you, look at the, you look at the standings, and particularly in the West, because I just think the West is very good. I think the Jazz, I think Dallas. Uh, Dallas is always going to have talent because Cuban's going to spend money. Yeah. I think certainly New Orleans. I think certainly Oklahoma City, if they just, even in let's pretend they don't add a single player. You just keep Oklahoma City what they have and develop Jalen and develop Chet and develop SGA and develop Josh Giddy. Like those are four legitimate top line NBA players. And any team that's got four legitimate guys and three guys and one superstar, you're good to go. Yep. So OKC should be better. I mean, that was a playoff team this year. Yeah. Right. That was a a a the ninth seed in the West. Like that's a playoff team. You know who else is really interesting? What do you say about the Minnesota Timberwolves? I mean, Rudy's on the outside <coughs> looking in. I don't know what you Again. say about him. Again. I, I mean, it, you, you got your ass kicked last night. I mean, you were, you're never, are you in that series? No. I but, mean, unless something drastically changes. I mean, I want to look at it again. Am I sure that they scored 80 points? Like, are you, are you serious they scored? They lost 109 to 80. Did you guys see that? It was a late game last night. 109 to 80. Bro. They scored 80 points. Did you look yeah, at the, the, the T-Wolves box? Rudy Gobert played 26 minutes, 13 rebounds, 8 points, minus 28. <laughs> minus 28. I thought you said <laughs> minus 28. By far the worst in the game. And it was it, like the next guy is at minus 18, and that was Mike Conley. Mike. Minus 28. What Jokic have? Nikola Jokic. Only played 28 minutes, 13 points, 14 boards, six dimes, and a steal. So he had the night off. He had the night. Like, none of their guys played heavy minutes. This is the other problem. If you're if you're a, a Timberwolves supporter, none of the Denver guys played heavy minutes. <coughs> and they, they won by 29. And we are underway in Philly. Like, it, it's just really interesting. I, I do think, and I'm sure James will find some way to be pissed at me, but... <laughs> I mean, I... It, I think OKC is going to be a force depending on what they do here. Because I, I don't think that you can keep all these guys. I, I don't think that you can keep no. all these guys. No. By the way, everybody's telling me that the Jazz top four is 21%. I, uh, haven't, okay. I haven't seen that graphic yet. Michael Williams says, I ordered a case of bucked up Miami on Friday just waiting for it to be delivered. Let's My go. God. Let's go, Michael Williams. Let's go. I love that. I'm telling you, you'll thank me for it. Uh, Salty Drunk says, you guys give OKC any positive commentary or just slander? I just spent five minutes. <clears throat> uh, Brent Burnett, Kessler should be rookie. His, no, he... Uh, this hurts my... Like, my neck seized up when you say stuff. He should not that? be the rookie of the year. It's not close. It's Paulo Boncaro. And I don't care if he asks Andy Larson. <laughs> okay, so, you guys, the media voted... One person voted for Walker Kessler. In the whole country. It was Andy Larson. <coughs> Jose, I agree with Monty, though. You can only draft so many players. It's time to cash in on those picks to get a stud number two. Yeah. And OKC deserves that because those fans have been fantastic. Yeah, and I think if you had a legit number two, you'd be a damn good team. You know, like they're fantastic. Uh, Salty said, but the Jazz isn't your market, you told me. It's not my market. Yeah. I don't know. What do you mean by that? I'm confused. Uh, Teddy Wayman, the tile king of Utah, says, sup, everybody. 
What's up? Good to see you, my guy. Jose says, uh, SGA improved a lot, um, but he was uh, on an all-star level. Laurie went from straight role player to all-star starter. I think Laurie Markkinen wasn't an all-star starter. He was a dominant force right up until the trade deadline when they when they traded everybody on this roster. Yeah. He was he was not a good player. He was arguably the best 3-4 guy in the league. Like he was that good. I mean, mm. uh plenty of toast for all the butter any hot uh date Jake coming up Jake. We'll, we'll talk about that in about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Jet Wayman. Did you see the Mavs might be hiring Dennis Lindsay? Yes, they, uh, the Mavs have talked to Dennis Lindsay about an advisory role. <laughs> yeah, why don't you advise them to give some Jamoke the Rudy contract? All right, let's go trade for uh, Dennis Lindsay, uh, first day on the job. Um, what are your thoughts on what we here in Dallas need? Let's go trade for uh, Rudy Gobert. I'm so bricked up right now. Bro. Good luck. Uh, Brett Burnett, Ochai has always, Ochai has a way to go, but physically he will grow and become more useful over time. Problem is I don't like waiting. I, if Ochai Akbaji has a long way to go, I'm like, hey, dude, let's roll, you know. Uh, Mr. Tinfoil Man says, please send me the link to what? Did you, yeah. You're losing me. What are you doing here, man? Brett Burnett, uh, Mavs are a mess, but they aren't bad uh, because of, K.I.? Okay. What is wrong with you guys today? Was it stand in the garage with the car running day? Is it could have been. I mean, like, you know. What are we doing? <coughs> what are we doing? <coughs> Hello? Uh, let's see. Salty Drunk. There you go. I'm happy for the positive OKC commentary. Attaboy, Monty. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. With all due respect. Uh, Brett Burnett says Joker fouled out. Yeah, did you guys see that? They're blowing him out, and he, get, he fouled out of the game last night. <laughs> Which I thought was just... <laughs> so let me get this right. Let me get this right. How, wait, how many minutes did he play? Didn't you say he played like 23 minutes? Or no, he I played like 29 minutes 29 or minutes, bro? This guy this is a 40, 45-minute minute guy. Minutes, 28 minutes, and he fouled out. And by the way, by the way, uh, he was a plus 15. Yeah. Hey, that, Rudy. Yo, dude, minus 28. I, nice. They're so bad. When, when, the, when the Timberwolves are dysfunctional, I, I don't... I, I just wouldn't play Rudy. I would say, hey, you know, he's got a back injury. We got to be really careful with that. We owe him eight, $8.9 billion. And though his back's not sore from carrying the team. Yeah, it's something off. else. You know, uh, salty trunk, but the Wolves <laughs> look so good against the 10 seed, right? Right. Uh, Jet Wayman says it's 20.3 for the Jazz to get the top uh, four pick. There you go. Thank there you, you go. Jet. Lamont Tucker, Minnesota needs to get rid of everyone. Build around Edwards. Minnesota should have hired Quinn Snyder, but they should go after Nick Nurse. Well, we'll see mm -hmm. what happens with old Nicky Poo up there in Toronto. Uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, Richard Head. So see what he did there. See what he did there. Anita Dick and Ming. You know. Uh, three words that'll save the pack. Free bucked up. Okay. Waves in opposition. Uh, Riley O'Brien says, I think we need a reset. They know reset. <laughs> Salty says, the problem with the comments is they get taken out of context because they can't get read in real time, which no, is nobody's fault. Yeah, it can be difficult. It can be difficult. Riley says, hey, just as a random comment, I absolutely love the Monty show. The show is damn good. Kind of crazy that it costs nothing to listen and enjoy it. You guys are outstanding. Love y'all. Thanks, Riley. Good to see you. 
Um, you know, um, Mr. Tinfoil Man, I, I just don't know what you're doing here right now. Like, you, I mean, I appreciate the comments. You're helping us in the algorithm. Thank you for that. I mean, that's awesome. You know, so thank you. Um, Brent Burnett, best part about the Jazz was all the free Arby's sandwiches. That was awesome in the last game. Or was it Chick-fil-A? <laughs> it's Chick-fil-A. So they're pl- we're playing Denver. We're at the Denver game with Teddy Wayman. And we roll up and we're like, all right, this is probably going to be a, you know, just a pickup. We're all you know, like eating Maxwell's game. and drinking Bud- Budweiser yeah. and oh Alma Wayman. God, By the way, Alma Wayman, the best contractor in Utah, was at the Monte de Casa, de, you know, the house. Stay hard. Did some electrical work for us today. You know, like it was nothing. Yeah, plug it in. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> But Alma, Teddy, Jake, and I are at the Nuggets game against the Jazz the to finish the season. Yeah. We're like, yeah, this game's going to suck. The Nuggets aren't playing everybody, playing everybody. Uh, the Jazz aren't going to play everybody. They played nobody. And it was like a battle, dude. It was. Jazz are up like 16 at one point. You know. <laughs> you know. It was, it was awesome. Greg Hawkins say, you doing okay? You know. And Mike Maple says, no, he's not. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Greg, for the clarity. That's fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's cool. Um, let's talk about your dating life. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your dating life. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, how's things, man? You got a fourth date coming up? Yeah, fourth date coming gonna up. It's going to be a weeknight date? Weeknight date, yep, because uh, uh, this person I'm dating has you know, got a big job and going to be out of town this weekend, okay. you know, um, which means we're going golfing on Friday. Allegedly, them this weekend. Allegedly, um, allegedly. No, I mean things are good. You know, definitely seeing some progress with this girl. Fourth date, good signs. Like her, um, bought in common, have a good time together. Yeah, you know, there's not. Really, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be coy about. It. There's just not a lot. There's not a huge update right now. I don't have any good like. You know, I used my last great terrible dating story last week, so you know, I don't really have a big update right now other than to say like it's going good with this one particular girl okay yeah okay yeah that's cool what do you like about this girl yeah i mean i think we we share a lot you know she's into sports you know she's a chiefs fan so you know take it or leave it at that but she's a chiefs fan like um you know yeah we i would say we share sports like she's athletic she goes to the gym like um is an athlete so yeah I would okay. say that's like the main stuff. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Thank you, Aaron Wilson, for gifting memberships. Appreciate that. As always, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson gifted a membership today. Appreciate that. Greg Hawkins says that you guys should go to the gym together and make some gains. Yeah, I'm working on it, bro. Okay. Gary says, take her out for some Indian food, Jake. Jake does not eat Indian food. I'm not a big Indian food guy. He does not. Um, why are people talking about sandwiches? Uh, Michael Peck says, good show today, guys. Appreciate you. Greg Hawkins says, I'm a Jersey Mike's guy, Dude, too. Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. Jersey Mike's is good. Uh, Greg Hawkins, Jersey Mike's versus Firehouse Subs versus Jimmy John's. Go. Nah, it's Jersey Mike's all Jersey day, Mike's dude. It ain't day. even close. I'm not a Firehouse guy. Nah. I'm not a Firehouse guy at all. Nah. I re- you guys remember Quiznos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I miss Quiznos. They're but out the of thing with now. Quiznos was they were like the place you went if you wanted a hot sandwich. That was like sort of their niche in the market. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But that's fine. 
Um, I think it's interesting that we debate this stuff all the time. Um, I think Jersey Mike's all day. Yeah. Now I'm a I, Mike's way. Depends. They go heavy with Mike's way, dude. Not too much. Not yeah. too much oil. Yeah. Not not oil. Mm, no, nah, I can't do that. Nah. Gary says Mike's. Jersey Mike's. Maple says Jersey Mike's for me. Jersey Mike's for Mike. See what he did there, because yeah. because his, his name is Mike and it's Jersey Brent, Mike's. Yeah, Brent Burnett says Jersey Mike's. Yeah, see, we're all pretty much in agreement. Yeah. in this, right? Yeah, this one, this wasn't, this one wasn't too difficult. Yep. Uh, Tom says we're upgrading from taking her to fast food. Yeah, I mean, could be, could absolutely yeah. be. Yeah, you know, um, are is she? Are you going to get more money invested in her now that like this is the fourth date? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you start, you start moving along and progressing and you know, you have to start taking a little more seriously. Uh, Jet Wayman says, hell yeah, Jake. Good to hear that it's going well other than that. She's a damn chiefs fan. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate, you know, it's a problem. Though. Yeah. That's kind CKS of wants to know if she can cook. Um, yeah, I don't know that yet, dude. Got to put that to the test. Don't know that yet. Yeah. Don't know that yet. Don't they haven't had the yet. opportunity. Brent Burnett says Gandalf's was awesome. Quiznos was good, Mike M says. Yes, it was. Greg Hawkins says Quiznos was great. Yes, it was. Why did Quiznos die, dude? What happened to Quiznos? They opened too many stores. Is that what it was? And yeah. they could yeah. not. They had too many. Saturation. They oversaturated the market by far. Yeah. Uh, I had Quiznos the other day. Is there still one here? Bro, there's Quiznos here? It's in Salt Lake. What? Mm, I'm a huge Quiznos fan. Huge Quiznos fan. Uh, apparently, it is still around Mike Maples. Wow, That's good to okay. Know. Greg says, uh, if she works out a lot, I bet she can cook uh, really pretty well. I bet. I mean, she that's can. probably that's a good point, actually, Greg. She oh, can. Matt Ritson says Togos. Man, I Dude. haven't thought of Togos in. When's the last time we thought about Togos? Yeah, I don't think they're in Salt Lake, are they? Ooh, no, I, no idea. If I'm going to a sandwich, I'm I'm going to Jersey Mike's. Yeah, I mean, I would think so, but I I, I don't do a lot of sandwich. You know, God, fucking nutrition has been such a pain in the ass. If we're, if we're being honest, like being down a bunch of pounds now, mm-hmm. like the colonoscopy helped that knocked off 12 pounds. Uh, but being down significant pounds, for me, it truly is about volume. And you know a funny offshoot of the colonoscopy? It's taking me longer to get hungry now. Like this morning, I just wasn't hungry. I didn't... I mean, I had some cereal for like brunch, <laughs> breakfast, lunch. Lunch. And then I had like ground turkey and egg whites for lunch. So like, I'm just not that hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's because I went like, I literally went like 64 hours without eating. Yeah. It might change your body a little bit. Which is fine. Tolerance went up a little bit. But you know, yeah. uh, Gary says, I'm a hop off. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Gary. Yeah. See you, um, Gary. I actually really, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, yeah. I was a big fan, but I was a big fan of breaking out the smoker too. Oh, dude, the smoker is. The smoker's where it's at. Dude, you the can... smoker's crazy, bro. We're just breaking into a bag of, uh, uh, damn, I can't remember. It's not that we just went through, we finished up our competition mix. I can't remember what, what our next one is. I'm a cherry pellet guy. Make sure you uh, hook it up at barbecue pit stop, bbqpitstop.com. Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, Murray across the street from the mall on State Street, and, of course, our good friends in Payson. Payson is open for business now, you guys. Check them out online, bbqpitstop.com. For all my South Utah County folks, uh, the Payson store is unbelievable. Uh, Go check that out. They have their grand opening. 
Um, make sure you hook it up, man. Yes, Jet Wayman says cherry pellets are great. And who turned me on to that? Steve at Barbecue Pit Stop yeah, in Lehigh. He did. Dilly, dilly. Um, dilly, dilly. And Clinton, all those guys. I'm telling you, they just know stuff at Barbecue Pit Stop. BBQPitStop.com. You know they have all the best equipment, but it's rubs, spices, seasonings, sauces, equipment, accessories, smoker covers, ground mats, you name it. They've got it. BBQ Pit Stop. BBQPitStop.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Aaron Wilson says about 25% of people say thank you when I buy memberships. About the same number that hit the like button. Hit the like button, people. Yeah, we're about 14, 11 short. We always like 200 on the show. Yeah. Uh, appreciate everybody who's here today. We appreciate you guys watching the show. Yeah. Um, and Aaron, thanks for always getting memberships, dude. We really appreciate that. Um you know, people like Aaron uh, who give us memberships like to Justin Jackson and everybody else. Yeah. Um, it allows people to participate in the show, and we appreciate that. So thank you for that. Um, and I think it's I think it's hysterical that um, our competition is now tweeting at us to try and get our sponsors to work with them, which I think is hysterical. So... I just don't understand. Like, it is so funny to me how much attention the competition pays to us. Yeah. Like, they watch our shows and they tweet at us. And, dude, I, I, I love it, man. Thanks for, thanks for bringing people in, man. I've always thought it's fascinating that nobody understands the concept of, like, like even if you're hating, you're still promoting our show, dude. Like, Well, I think it's because, you know, and I don't, I guess he took off or whatever, but the homie Jesus guy, like, hey, Commenting helps, you know, commenting helps. Like I look at this, <laughs> this dude is like trying to, like he's tweeting from multiple accounts, the same guy. Yeah. Like trying to think he's like in this, dude, you're an idiot. Yeah. It's so funny the way trolls work, dude. Yeah. I just think it's, it is, it is really funny. It's, you know, what's funny is it's become like part of the game now, you know, it used to be a thing where like, and you, you talk about this all the time with Twitter before the, before the Elon Musk takeover. Twitter, I mean, you still had haters on Twitter, of course, but like, I feel like now it's just turned so much on Twitter to just like haters and trolls and like constantly pulling stuff like that. And like, 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 I I, I think it's funny that people rely on Twitter to build their business. That's what's funny to me mm -hmm. is if you're, if you're relying on Twitter to be your business conduit, you're making a huge mistake. Yeah. In sports, I think we all realize we have to be on Twitter. But that's about the extent of it, man. Like it, it is not something that is that it, it, it and it, it's it's the it's akin to radio. People are like, I can't believe you're just on YouTube. And okay, well, again, I will just say we have more listeners than pretty much any sports radio show in the country, with some exceptions, like major markets, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles. Okay, cool. But if you look at if you look at most radio shows, one, they can't tell you how many people listen to their show. And two, you, it's, it's a medium that most people don't use. Mm -hmm. And I don't think radio's dead. I'm not that guy, but I'm just telling you, man, it is, it's really interesting to me that you can't, that you can't figure that out. I just think Twitter is a vast wasteland. Yeah, it's tough. Jim Choi says Musk is making Twitter great again. Well, I wish he would hurry up. Yeah, seriously. Because since he's owned it, it's it's gone straight downhill. It yeah, and is, if you believe that, I mean, I need I need some of what you're drinking because that I just don't agree. Yeah, I just yeah I agree. C. Kaufman says the problem with Twitter is turned to a dumpster fire. In my opinion, it totally has. Yeah, 
You know, like it's just, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. Like I just don't read my DMs and it pisses people off and sorry about that. But I just don't read, I, I refuse to get into the weeds with people. You know, like it is, it is. Because that's what they want, right? I mean, they want you to fight them. You know, like it's just, it's really interesting to me that our competition, you can see, and I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. We do okay. We're not the biggest show. We're not, I mean, again, we joke every day. Our show sucks. Okay, cool. Thanks, dude. Right? Like, but it's so funny to see our competition pandering to us, like trying to get our listeners or viewers, trying to get like, a, like knock yourself out, dude. What nobody talks about is the viewership pool goes around to everybody, man. And the game is keeping them, keeping them for longer on your show than they're on their competition. I mean, that's been the game since, since, uh, you know, forever. I mean, whether, whether it was the heyday of radio or otherwise, like I, you know, like it's just how it works. And so I'm not, I'm just not going to put effort into like trying to say, oh, well this show sucks or he's a hack or whatever. Like, yeah. like ultimately YouTube tells us everything that we need to know. And that is that we're adding thousands of subs a month. Our show is growing. We're doing great, man. Yeah. And we're on our own path and everything's fine. Like we just don't, the hater stuff just doesn't affect us because we just stay in our lane. That's it. Yep. All right. Let's real quick before we get out of here, talk about golf. Yeah. So how many people are golfers? Because we've, we talked about this earlier in the show. How many people here play golf? And I, I think the interesting question is, what is your odd sport? Like, are you a pickleball guy? Are you, someone tell you winter sports like skiing and snowboarding? Like, what is your sport? So the things that physically active things, I snowboard all the time, uh, work out. I'm a, I love going to the gym every day. Um, and I really am looking forward to getting back into golf. My wife is training for a triathlon. Um, so I am not doing triathlons. <laughs> So yeah. I'm, I'm getting back into golf and I'm super excited about it, but it is hard. Mm -hmm. Golf is not an easy sport. And I'm curious, what do you guys do? Like, are you pick up basketball people? Like, where are you guys at, um, with that stuff? Like what, what is your odd sport? Cause mine, mine had been pick up basketball, but then last, you guys remember like last fall, I hurt my knee and I just can't get my knee back to a level of confidence, mm -hmm. I guess. It, like, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I never have trouble snowboarding with it, but I'm just not willing to go, to go play basketball again. It's just not something that I'm, I feel confident. You know, when you're doing something and it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm just not confident in this. Like, well, there's no need to risk it, right? I mean, there's no need to risk like blowing your knee out all the way or anything or like, you know, yeah. having some major injury that, you know, because the worst thing is like, all right, you know, if you blow your knee out and you're like, you're on crutches and you, it just, it just torches your, your day-to-day -day routine. That's the problem. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, let's get, what is, what is your odd, what is your odd stuff? Um, Brent Burnett says, big shout out to Connor Mance taking 11th Boston Marathon today along with Marlene Hadley, 72-year-old neighbor. Nice. We were watching the Boston Marathon today. That's cool. Um, you know, Aaron Wilson says hard to find bottle in bond bullet here, Greg Hawkins. Somebody will have to explain that to me. Kay Nuren, how the heck are you? Thanks for always telling the truth. You're welcome. Appreciate you listening to the show. Greg says a good portion of any public figure's audience will be made up of haters. Well, that's the truth. Yeah. Uh, it's all, it's ultimately a good thing because it means you are driving conversations and people are talking about your content. Truth. That's real. D rock Irish. How the heck are you, dude? What's up? 
Uh, I have tuned in more than I do on some Notre Dame platforms. Great job, guys. I appreciate you, D-Rock. Thanks yeah, for being here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, C. Kaufman says, I think they don't like that you guys have real sources. Another yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Last week, it got particularly bad. Like when other people we've talked to are like, hey, I never talked to this guy, or do you know this guy? I'm like, dude. Admittedly, Friday, I was probably a little more over the top than I should have been. Yeah, yeah. But I just get to a point where I don't feel like dealing with it anymore. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like, okay, in my opinion, you have some shows that do, like like what you talked about Friday and the way you talked about it on Friday, I feel like is every day for a lot of shows out there. Yes. And you can't do that every day no. because it burns everybody out. But I think... I think what you said Friday was spot on, which if you weren't if you weren't listening Friday was basically just like people are hating and and we care more about, you know, fighting each other on Twitter than actually having conversations yes. and you know, basically just that there's this big, you know, that Twitter's a cesspool and that there's always going to be haters and that, you know, people are always going to fight for their agenda, not actually like what the truth of the conversation yes. is no matter what your opinion is. And so, you know, it's like it it, it almost doesn't surprise me that these guys are rolling out on Twitter. Because the funny thing is, it is the same group of like, I don't know what, 10, 12 accounts that, you know, are, I guess, competition us. I don't even really look at other shows as competition us because I think YouTube is like, if we're a YouTuber and someone else is a YouTuber, that doesn't make them competition. Like, yeah. you, like every channel is its own unique thing. And that's why I say, like, great. If they view us as competition, awesome. Great. Cool. That's that's great. Talk about us on your show. We need that. Like, we like that's a big part of what we do. And so. I think it frustrates people, like, when we people will send us pictures of their pizzas or, you know, of their bucked up or, yeah. like, we get a ton of bucked up pictures. We get a ton of pizza pictures. We get a ton of car wash pictures. We get a ton of barbecue pit stop pictures. And so we'll tweet those. And it, it, I think it really bothers people because it's not easy doing what we do. It's why there's a lot of people who don't understand YouTube as well, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. Mike Maple says, uh, had clubs, but I never got them extended like I needed. Well, there you go. I, I think getting a club fitting is going to change my life. Uh, Brent Burnett says, Paige teaches golf. Who's Paige? I don't know, Paige. No idea. Uh, Greg says, I'll golf with you, Monty. I used to golf every single day. Oh, dude, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it, bro. Let's do it. Yeah. This summer, we have got to and do I, it. And I ain't even, I'm going to get out right in front of this thing and say, I'm a newbie. I, I oh, I'm have, terrible. I'm yeah. not good right now. I You know the thing I love in golf, especially in like, in like just like recreational golf, not even professional stuff? I love the guy who's like, oh, yeah, like I'm one over par and I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I'm a scratch golfer. Yeah, and then and then you go out there and he's like all over the place and just like anybody else. Like, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't care that much for it. I just want to go out no. there and have a good time. And I would love to be able to have like just a little bit of straight hitting. That would be uh, amazing. Oh, you'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. I just want to be able to play reasonable golf by the time we get to Thanksgiving in Hawaii. Do you think you can get back to where you were? Because I know... Where you were, you were really happy with where you were at in your game. I was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I've got to learn to hit irons. My yeah. iron game is terrible. Yeah. I, I know that. I think I'll be able to pick up the driver and hit the driver pretty reasonably. Mm -hmm. um, but my biggest issue has always been at that 200-yard wedge shot, that 200-yard mm -hmm. iron shot, rather. Like, you, you get me, I'll get myself around the green, but, you know, like on a par five, I'm, I'm seven, eight, nine. Yeah, because I just can't get that that iron onto the green. Yeah, like it's it's impossible. 
Uh, Greg says, I like to walk, though. No cart fees here. Yeah, I don't mind walking. That was the other thing I was going to ask you. So part of golf that I think is cool is 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 the fact that you can walk it and use it as a source of exercise. But it depends. it's long, though. Yeah, it depends on the day. The, the biggest issue is if the course is busy, you need to be moving. So you can't – it takes too much time to walk. Yeah. So a lot of courses will either not let you or discourage you from walking because they need to keep the pace of play up. Yeah. So it just depends on when you're playing and where you're playing. And yeah, uh, Jim Choi says, don't don't the ball go further in Utah? Not really. Not a lot. Not a lot further. I don't think. Uh, Mike Maples, pick up bail, target shooting, and jet skis. Ooh, okay. That's my rec money projects. Jet skis are fun. Teddy says, I'm a basketball guy. I like to walk to the park and just shoot hoops. Always. Never say no. Outside the echo chamber, golf for 30 years now. My wow. guy, let's okay. go. Let's go. You got to love that. Golf is fantastic, Kurt says. Uh, D-Rock says, used to play basketball, now have arthritis in the elbow. No more b-ball. Ah, damn. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I've been there. Lawn bowling, Matt Ritson says. <laughs> See, Kaufman, I would love to play more golf, but I don't think my game can be called golf. Well, we're with you right there. But you know what? That's every spring. All of our games are brutal. But I'm telling you, man, with the advent of TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, um, you know, all of that, like Darren Ingram up at Canyons Golf, we were talking about this earlier today, all of, like it's one of the best teaching pros in the state. And I'm telling you, Canyons Golf is going to be remarkable this legit. year. It is going to be, rem I cannot wait to, to make videos. Mm. Brent Burnett says pickleball is a lot of fun and growing. I know we talked about that earlier too. Like, do you play pickleball? Um, Lamont T Tucker says, say goodbye, Jake. Ah, in about five minutes. Uh, there's plenty of toast for all the butter. Friday was feisty too. It was, it was. Jet Wayman says, hearing your rant on Friday was great, but <laughs> you know, it's, but the, <laughs> and I, I mean this sincerely, like I don't know other shows at all. Like golden blue dude is a perfect example of this. So he passed away a month ago now or whatever it was, unfortunately, like, and we had just met. Mm -hmm. because he came in our comment section and he was DMing me. We like we I we were going to do a collab with him. We just never got there. And it's really hard for us to do collabs because we don't have a lot of free time. So he was actually somebody that came in. He was genuine. Like he was a really good commenter. He was engaged in the conversation. Oh, it was a member. It was awesome. And then <laughs> you wake up one day and the guy has, has passed away. It just was heartbreaking. But other than Golden Blue Dude, who I didn't really know, we just interacted a little bit. I don't know anybody else. Like, I don't know, um, you know, like any of these, I don't know, I don't watch the other shows. So I don't know, everybody keeps telling us, hey, these shows are talking about you. We appreciate that, thank you. I know a lot of, you know, I check my, my Twitter DMs and a lot of people tweet with us. Cool, man, I appreciate that, thank you. And I think it needs to be said too that, you know, you, you, it, it it's the not watching shows thing is not a not a byproduct of us thinking that we're like we're the best or like we're so self-righteous or something it's more just that you know like full transparency like the show is like what like one of the things we do i mean there are yes. so many things that like it's not like we just roll up to the studio at 259 and turn the thing on i mean that's just not how it works no and i think i think there might be like i know there are some of you out there who understand that but i think the masses I think that doing a show like this is literally just like rolling up and, you know, turn the thing on, fill out YouTube, put a title in and you're good to go. And it's like, no. it's so much more than that. And, and we don't have time to just 
sit around and watch these shows. We don't like, it's just not, we just don't, that's not how it works. No. And I, I, and look, I appreciate again, the people that watch the show comment or every time somebody comments on YouTube. And this is the funny thing. I think that people don't know, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud. Every time you comment on YouTube, you're telling the YouTube algorithm you're interacting with us. And so like this show today, will do 5,000 views while it's live. And then once the show's over, you know, like it, it, it like it just perpetuates itself. And so you just, you go through this process and you understand that people are like, like I, I haven't, look, what's on Twitter now? Um, like one of our, one of, the, one of these idiots who does a show is like, you have 163 people watching. That tells me you have no idea how YouTube works. Yeah. Right, like you just- And by the way, thank you for watching. Yeah, and thank you for tweeting from all 10 of your Twitter accounts, one guy. Thank you for all the interaction. We appreciate that because what does yeah. that do? That pushes more people to watch yeah. our show. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but that that's the level of lack of understanding that happens on people who don't know how YouTube works. And this is and it's the same thing we experienced in in person uh, in Salt Lake, right? Like we had yeah. all the people be like, oh, well, you only have X amount of subs. And that means you couldn't possibly have, you know, 250, 300,000 350,000 views a month. And it's like, well, because you don't understand how YouTube works. We're not, you think we're making those numbers up? Like, like it literally tells us, like we can screenshot those numbers. <laughs> and you can go and look. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Like go and look, we're doing about, we're pushing half a million views a month. Yeah. Go get it, dude. Like it's, it's just interesting to me that you, you have people that take the time to comment and you know, like you, you, you think like, I think people that it's the old saying, you're not breaking us, you're making us, but you don't know, you're trying to play a game that you don't know the rules to. Yeah. So, Hey, do you, man? Uh, Greg Hawkins says you only have 163 people watching. You're too big, which, uh, why I'm, uh, committed to taking you down. Makes sense. Right? Like that's yet like, okay, go for it, dude. Like, yeah. Knock yourself out. Yeah, man. Greg, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. It's just, it's so funny to me. Um, all right, I guess that's it. So pickleball seems to be the winner. Yeah, and, and no way. surprise. I mean, pickleball has been exploding. I mean, it has been, and I, I'm I'm curious where, because again, I know people, I know people in our industry that play pickleball. Well, did you see that the? I think it's the Giants, and maybe it's happened. Maybe maybe Major League Baseball is doing it in a bigger picture. But I saw a thing the other day about the Giants at Oracle Park. They're going to shut Oracle Park down for a day when the Giants don't have a game, and they're going to put in 12 temporary pickleball courts and have, like, a tournament and stuff with the players. Oh. So, like, pickleball is clearly gaining traction. It's just I've, I've never done pickleball, but I know a ton of people who do. That's awesome. Yeah. Mr. Tinfoil Man is back. You never had Golden Blue Dude on your channel ever. Uh, he, he's a, he joined our membership. Yeah. <laughs> we chatted with him on the show. Yeah. So yeah, okay. And then cool. yeah, the 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 blocking thing happened, and then we unblocked him because it looked like he he was impersonating accounts. There were three golden blue dudes commenting at one time. Yeah, and he even talked about that in the comment. He's like, "That was an accident. Didn't mean to do that." Hey, I joined on this one. Yeah. So we thought somebody was impersonating him. Yeah. He says, uh, "Then you blocked me for calling you up. How did we block you? You're commenting right now. What are you talking about?" Yeah. That's hysterical. Uh, Aaron Wilson says, go away, tinfoil. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. It, dude, I, it's all in record. Like it's the, the, Here's the, the other thing people don't get about YouTube. It's all out there. 
It's all out there. Like nothing, you can't take it down. You know, like it, it's amazing to me. Like this comment right here, then you blocked me. If I had blocked you, you wouldn't be able to comment. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to comment. Yeah. So how did we block you? And we have a standing rule on the show that we really don't block people unless they impersonate or. Yeah. I mean, you got to go way out yeah. of your way on this show to get blocked. Yeah. Like David Hume says tinfoil sending the algorithm to the moon. <laughs> Correct. By the way, great conversation in the members only chat today about um, about uh, Tua versus Jalen Hurts. Yes. Man, I'll take I'll take. I'll take Jalen Hurts over too. We got to do that tomorrow. 100%. We didn't do it. By the way, uh, Brooklyn is beating Philly, or no, Philly hits a three here. 32 31 with 7.52 to go in the second. Yeah, nice little game going here. So that could uh, break my streak in the NBA playoffs. I haven't lost an NBA playoff lock yet, and I'll probably come to an end. That's why I don't gamble because I'm terrible at gambling. Yeah, we don't gamble on this show, bro. What? Yeah, we don't do that. What? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, let frisbee golf, Mike M. Yes, frisbee golf. I used to play frisbee golf as a kid in forest preserves in Illinois. <laughs> Too many intoxicated dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved frisbee golf until the city removed the nets from the local park. Too many intoxicated dudes. Well, <laughs> it does lend itself to that. Yeah. Uh, duck season uh, had to go. Gives. Uh, it, it, like duck season was a guy who created accounts to mock other people. So we blocked him. If you want to get blocked, if you want to get blocked, create other accounts. That's yeah. how we'll block you. Yeah. You know, like it's just you guys. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate everybody who's here. Yeah. It's all good. All right. Show's over. It's been over. I apologize for vomiting at the mouth. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody who watches the show. Thanks to our friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business, The Advocates. Make sure you check them out online. Again, it never costs you anything. Free consultation, no big retainers. By the way, you can chat with an attorney online 24-7 for free, theadvocates.com. Until tomorrow, let me change the banner. Until tomorrow... Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.